Kia ora everyone. This episode of The Stag Roar is brought to you by Shearsies. After COVID last year, I wanted to start putting away some money to create a little bit of a nest egg on top of what I was already doing with KiwiSaver. Shearsies allowed me to invest $25 a week in the share market and see the returns. If you'd like to start investing in the share market, follow the link in the show notes and you'll receive $5 to go towards your first investment. Check it out in the show notes. Follow the link to Shearsies. How do you know Tim? <laughs> <laughs> no, only, only through meeting him through Thomas. Through, yeah. my, through my boy with, because he's got Erlins. Mm. And so just Thomas had, had to get his, his lenses changed. And yeah. um, he was, we were standing talking and it was just, you know, going and going and then I was standing and looking and he had a Garmin his, yeah. his Garmin on yeah. I was like oh do you run and he's like oh I did the Ironman and then it just <laughs> went on from there and so hopefully hopefully he can be a him and I can get together for a long ride or you know a run or or whatever so that's yeah nice and he's you know he was a first he's a first timer yeah like I will be next year and um he was like, oh, you know, I did it in 12 hours. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, uh, you know, you, you've got to, just going on to you know, Ironman, you know, we're, we're talking about a mate of mine, Adam, who, who's the reason why I'm doing, going to yeah. do Ironman next year. He ran the, he ran the full Palmy Marathon mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago. Nice. And he was um, four hours 20, I think. Yeah. And I ran the, ran the half the Hawks Bay half like two weeks before and ran just under two hours. Yeah. And, you know, Adam was sort of like, oh, you know, I ran 420 and, and I'd had, I'd had this time in my mind of, right, at the end of the Ironman, I'm going to run a four hour marathon. Yeah. And a mate of his who's done it like six, seven times mm-hmm. and does about a 10 hour, 10 hour Ironman. Not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty, pretty good. And he said, just remember that only like 5% of, people that do Ironman go under four hours for the for the marathon good to know which is yeah which is good to know <laughs> sort of had to recalibrate what the, what the plan what the plan is yeah and so at the moment it's a real just open book mm-hmm. it's like just okay well I don't know how long it's going to take but it'll be a it'll be a long day yeah a few hours a few hours in the books yeah yeah so you um Hawks Bay Half and crash um tell us about what you started was it after covid or, or mm. no november november right yeah, yeah so yeah covid covid came around and i was a social smoker yeah i was a. I was i guess bullshitting myself <laughs> with like you know no because i was i was crossfitting yeah and like i'd done a couple of comps and Going, to, you know, having beers with, with mates and going to have a smoke. Yeah, COVID happened, and it was like, hold on, you're at home, you're going to have to, you know, wife hates it. Yeah, um, doesn't you know doesn't want you to smoke in any possible, no vaping, no, no you know nothing. Yeah, so like, right, and just a, a that polar polar shift of just going right. Well, I want to run, uh-huh. and it all. <laughs> go go back a bit so adam who 
a mate of mine who did a, did a half this year, his wife had passed away. Yeah. End of 2019. And we'd been sitting after the memorial. Mm-hmm. And my wife said, oh, what's something you want to do before you turn 50? And mm-hmm. I said, I want to do a full Ironman. And she went, <laughs> <laughs> Great. You know. And I just went, excuse me? <laughs> and and at that point, the 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 die was was cast yeah you know um and so covid happened and run around the block yeah two blocks three blocks and i'm an active relaxer that's you know that's i have to be doing something and then it just went from there yeah and i went from running sort of 4k yeah to running from home in hastings up to the school and back, you know, sort of a 14k yeah. okay, run. And luckily, a mate of mine at school, one of the teachers, is a, he's a gazelle. <laughs> like he, he, why, why is that lucky? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, Nick, funny enough, most of my mates who are into fitness are all called Nick. Yeah. But yeah, Nick is, and Nick's last name is Fitness. Wow. You know. um, <laughs> he's a runner. Yeah. And he said, look, I'll, I'll coach you. And it went from there. Yeah. And so had the plan, like half marathon, um, all going going great. You know, just, right, this is, this is where we're going. And got to Christmas and, oh, you've got plantar. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> now, waking up in the morning, oh, my foot's sore. Yeah. But... Kept on, kept on going, and just modified it. Didn't run in the morning, ran in the afternoon, and just kept on going. You know, training's never ideal. Yeah. And then hit the half, and it was it was wicked. It was the this you know the sense of achievement. Absolutely. At the end was was just awesome. <clears throat> and to to have a goal and actually smash that goal was was cool. And you know that the easy thing was like you know meeting you getting my eyes tested that sort of thing and talking about this sort of thing and talking about inspiration and and if i didn't you know if i didn't pick up people like carl reed um i don't know if you've he's he's done done some stuff on on youtube he's a done iron man like numerous times Mm -hmm. he's just got covered in tats he's (laughs) they call him the flying mullet Nice, and you know he runs a two forty marathon at the end of the uh, end of the Ironman. He's Jesus. Um, he there was an, a, a thing on YouTube about uh, it's called All In. Yeah, and he talks about anxiety and and how exercise helps him through his anxiety. Mm-hmm. And so he's done the hundred miler the last two the last two years, but he hasn't finished. Yeah, right. But he's running five minute k's. Right. Okay. You know he's not, not he's not around. not mucking around, <laughs> and yeah, just that sort of you know I I messaged them on on Instagram and said hey you know is a year too short to to start an Ironman no nah. yeah all good no problem and then sort of talked to him about well, the, well how, how long how long is your base for running though that that's nearly a year now as well yeah, isn't yeah, it right yeah 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 like I can I can go. You know, I, I sort of walked into that half marathon with not a lot of training. Mm-hmm. Still did okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, I need to play pretty good. <laughs> yeah, but um, you know, and it was 
but yeah one of the best things i've done yeah so getting getting through the planter is is that solved now for now uh no 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 um it's being managed but it's um like after (laughs) after the marathon went and got a massage at at the works which by the way are amazing but and then masseuses or yeah yeah yeah, sports so um sports masseuse and and this lady was this five foot nothing <laughs> beat you up yeah 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 oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah um she said oh you know where's it where's it sore it's like, oh my foot and i've got plantar and she's like oh i rode, ran the half and she ran it in you know two and a bit hours and she's run the comrades in south africa which is just yeah good yeah you know, you know the comrades well i do because uh um when i talked to tim noakes here's the it's part of a that's where he sort of found out about um found out about not diverticulitis what's it called you drink too much water and your and your um salts go out of whack anyway there, there was an athlete on that and she went into a coma for a couple of days from from this hypernutremia came to me yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah that was around the comrades marathon so yeah looking at tim noakes and talking to him that's where i said yeah when you see comrades it's like, i know that name yeah. <laughs> yeah and she said oh you know i've run comrades a couple of times and yeah like, oh, man yeah you said you got to get selected for that one i think he is yeah i don't know i'm good mate of a guy that yeah family friend yeah um and ian has run it seven eight times both up and down so up is down is 80k up is 60 something 60 something k and good times. yeah oh yeah <laughs> just something that i never ever want to do <laughs> quite happy to look at an iron man but comrades no thanks yeah um but yeah ultra yeah you know, just yeah, was, yeah the mount, mountain was definitely the killer uh for me on, on my ultra so that was 53 and we did just under 2000 meters handle like i felt oh. so we did one one big hill which i took pretty easy um so and that over to the next checkpoint was about 14k and then we had um a thousand meters that took us half marathon and so getting up that was a lot of stop start bit of walking walk a bit run a bit walk a bit run a bit just try to keep moving yeah and then once we sort of got up onto the mountain itself leveled out quite a bit and also being more open you could kind of see where you were running to and pick a point and carry on (laughs) yeah but then we got to the down the other side and coming down, like you say, you mate, coming down. Holy shit! That's where, that's where the wheels fell off. Started getting you're talking about plant fasciitis. I started getting patellar tendon on us, and just that they must have started the tendon must have been starting to blow up a little bit, and so then my patellar just wasn't running very well. And so yeah, every down step, yeah, probably over overactive quads so instead of hamstrings as well. Yeah, not helping. And yeah, it was started getting quite brutal after that. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I, like that, ultras in the, that's in the cards. Ultras yeah. in the cards for yeah. end of year, I think. Or I think Taupo is ultra 56k. Yep, yep. So that's, that's in the cards and that's sort of a one another one of those mile points of, of or checkpoints going, right, if I can do this, yeah, then I'll be okay. Yeah. Because this, this is full Ironman you're talking, isn't it? Like you're saying, 12, yeah. 12, 12 hours or so. 
Yeah. Yeah, so 53 hours took uh, 7 hours, 42 minutes, and like 36 seconds for me. Yeah. That was, that was a long day. And then, yeah, when Tim, Tim did his marathon, and I was like, 13 hours, I was like, that's a really long day. <laughs> There's a um, guy that did the 101 uh, at, at Aotearoa Ultra, and he took 18 hours and 59 minutes. So he got in just before midnight, which was the cutoff. It was pretty incredible. And he got third in his age group. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, there was three, but still. Yeah. Well, <laughs> hey, you take take those wins. Well, actually, no, there might have been five. Yeah. And two people didn't finish, so... Yeah. Hey. Yeah, I was actually this afternoon. I was looking at something, and it was uh, the guy. This guy, Simon Cochran. Oh, he's the champ. Oh, Simon is a great follow. Yeah, yeah. He <laughs> is. Uh, yeah, like he. I look up to. You know, even though he's younger than me, and you know, <laughs> a, a lot younger, but I look up to him. You know, it's, it's um, you know, to do a hundred mile, hundred yeah. k. Sorry, hundred and two, hundred and two mile, whatever. You know, nine hours. Yeah, like. Yeah, nice, and. Uh, Simon's bloody awesome like you just hit him up so Simon was the person that said to me like um, I think it was like Christmas Eve or, or around Christmas when he went on his 300k bike and I was just like how did he, how did he do that man and I said like where you know I was, I was starting at these sore hips and I was wondering what I was going to do and how I was going to get through and he said oh mate it always hurts you just get faster and I was like okay that's reassuring I guess <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, he's a, he's a he's a good man. I liked his post the other day that he sort of had him sitting at a checkpoint with coke and lollies. Yeah. It's like fair, fun, fun for all the family. Healthy, yeah, health, fun for all yeah, the family. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, that, but that's the thing though. That's the that's the the paradigm or the the paradox is that you got these guys that are super super healthy. Yeah. But during a bike ride, you know, hundred hundred k bike ride at the end. <laughs> They want a, a, a donut color. and a coke or a, a pint, you know. You see all these cam, you know, Cameron Brown, yeah. who is the legend and the the legend of New Zealand Ironman or New Zealand multi sport. You know, oh, two hundred and thirty k ride, stop for a coke and a pie. Yeah, you know, just get some calories. Yeah. yeah did you uh, listen to Matt Fraser talk with Rogan and yeah. <laughs> the Snickers? <laughs> and it's, it's bad now because, like, even at supermarket just before um, tonight. With, did, did a good good session at the gym and then walking past the the last aisle at the supermarket and there's Snickers there and you're like ooh and then you go it's three bucks you're like nah 99 cents you would have had me yeah. <laughs> well, like, last night last night I was getting some stuff for, for dinner walking through walking through Pack and Save and there's a lady in front of me and yeah. she's got she's walking through in, uh, in her weightlifting shoes nice. and yeah. you know her raw layers I'm like okay must have been at the gym <laughs> And in her trolley is like rations and coke and this and that sort of stuff and all those gains are just blowing out the out the door. Yeah, completely. So how how long were you doing CrossFit for? Um, four four years, four or five years. Yeah, yeah, love it. Like it's still, I would go back in a in a heartbeat. Yeah, but just the the motivation is elsewhere yeah no which is you know got, got to do that sometimes but yeah. so looking back do you know why you had this disconnect between what sort of crossfit promotes and then the the beers and, and a dart yeah. yeah yeah it's just uh yeah i think it's just uh it's the lifestyle of being a chef yeah 
you know it's that's the you go out with your with your mates yeah. at, um after work mm-hmm. you know and have a have a smoke you don't want to be left out you know for for so long through my cooking career mm-hmm. it's the only way you took a break <laughs> you know if you didn't smoke tough luck bud yeah. you know you're not taking a you're not taking a break and it wasn't cutting it it wasn't cutting it out completely it was like oh you know i've had a rough day rough day or rough week at work and yeah. you know that's just have a have a dart and away you go and, and now you know being 18 months mm-hmm. two years without without a cigarette mm-hmm. why yeah like you know why why would i even you know i love i love the the situation i'm in now mm. you know which is a you know a health not you know enjoy a beer and well, you know all that sort of stuff but the the achieve you know the achievement and the the to say and be true you know be truthful yeah being honest and saying i run yeah 21k yeah. i've run 18k i run this all this stuff and i feel good that's awesome you know and that's and i'm 46 and it's I don't want to be that dude. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And yeah, also I guess the you know Adam's partner was wife um, dying from yeah. lung cancer. Yeah, you know, and she was a non-smoker. Right. You know, for that to happen, that's just that's also a bit of a a slap in the slap in the face. Going, come on. Yeah. Did, he, did anyone sort of bring that up to you, or that was just all, all your own head? That like that's no, mine. Yeah, my own head. Yeah, you know. I'm a stubborn, you know, <laughs> you know, high function, high functioning anxiety. That's yeah. the that's the 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 what I identify as as that's what, yeah. You know, I suffer from anxiety, and one of those things is like, okay, this is okay, this is helping, and then thought, no, okay. not actually, yeah. not actually. It's it's adding to the adding to the pressure because I'm actually just talking absolute shit yeah so like um i want you like to say that the whole culture of of having the break having the smoke having the moment having the breath like imagine if um somehow i don't know how this paradigm would enter chefing but imagine if it was like two or three minutes to go outside and just have a breath mm. <laughs> imagine it well yeah so i'll this is someone you look up, look up. This guy, Nick Honeyman. Okay, yeah. Nick Honeyman, also uh, Nick Watt. Yeah. Guy, uber super chef. Right. Nick, Nick Watt. Um, he owns Masu in, in Auckland. I think he owns Akarana Eatery. Um, super successful. Mm-hmm. Great guy. Super motivated. Super healthy. Yeah. You know, that's the... The yoga, the whole, you know, his ethos is, you know, health. Mm-hmm. You know, great food, awesome, yeah. amazing chef. Um, but he is super healthy. And then you've got Nick Nick Honeyman who owns Paris Butter in in Auckland, and he is he's in France at the moment. He owns a, a place in France, this Le Petit Lyon, in um in I think it's in, I think it's in Lyon. Okay. Um. But he, you know, he encourages his team. They go to one of the CrossFit gyms in Hearn Bay mm-hmm. together, 
and do and do workouts. Mm-hmm. And Nick's he's a handsome guy. He's a, <laughs> he's a handsome dude. Yeah. But you know he he promotes that you know health and well being through you know in his kitchen. Yeah. And whether or not everyone takes up on it is you know it's yeah. it's their call. But for two for too long it was that hard living yeah, yeah chef you know and that's why you know chefing as a career is just it's dying mm-hmm. because we're not looking after we're not looking after our our people mm-hmm. you know where you know there's high suicide rates and yeah and chefs and because it is that super high pressure um you know go 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 you know, and you're right at the coalface. You know, you've got yeah. people saying, "Oh, I didn't like your food." <laughs> Fuckers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, and it's sort of people are, "Oh, okay, it's a life of a chef." Yeah. No. No. No, it's not. And there are so many, and there are people around. There are chefs around the world who who understand that, mm. and they realize that they've got to do something. To, to make to make it better for for chefs yeah I wonder if like so the sort of imagery you get is you know going from say 10am to 10pm and then it's like letting off steam at, at the end of the day and you know carrying on till 2-3am and then get, getting up and doing it again I wonder if um, there's a place for front loading the day like you say the, the whole kitchen goes and does a it's, you know, has a, has a late breakfast or, or doesn't have breakfast, does, does a session, then meets, meets for breakfast, then gets into the service and feels good through the day. Yeah. And then goes home and goes to bed and feels great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, that's, uh, I mean, there's another, <clears throat> there's another guy who I look up to massively in, in the UK and there's lots of, well, lots of chefs, but it's got a Sat Baines. Okay. Yeah, nice. And uh, he has a place, I think it's in Nottingham. And it's cool. It's restaurant sat bains, and they've got rooms, so they've got you can stay, but then you you know you can eat. And it's a Michelin. I think it's two Michelin star. Wow. Yeah. And sat bains is this dude. He is ripped. He is a <laughs> big dude. He is like bald head, muscle. Like he's like he's <laughs> massive. Yeah. He's a big dude, but he struggled to find chefs. Yeah. He struggled to find the chefs that he wanted. So they now do four days. Close three days a week. Yeah. Close Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Only open Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And he's got the same team. Yeah. And that's... He's looked after his team. Yeah. And he promotes sort of the... At least looking after yourself. Yeah. And, you know, and he's got people who will crawl over hot goals for him. Mm-hmm. Because he's he looks after his... What what came, what came first though the, the Michelin star or the the him being a badass chef or has that allowed him for the economics to work because of the the status of the kitchen? I think, well, probably a bit of both actually. Bit of both. Bit yeah. of both. I mean, having a Michelin star doesn't guarantee success. Yeah. I think having seen those kitchens in the UK and seeing how they operate, you know, the economy of scale doesn't work. Okay. And a lot of a lot of places doesn't work because you've got. You know, there's places that, you know, they've got 40 seats. Right, yeah. You've got 12 chefs in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, you come to you, it's come back to New Zealand. 
you walk into a kitchen and there's 120 seats and there are four chefs in the kitchen. <laughs> you yeah. know, and they're still struggling to make ends meet. Yeah. Whereas these guys in the UK, you know, the the Michelin star allows them to write a book and, you know, make money from TV appearances or, you know, all that sort of peripheral stuff. Peripheral stuff. Yeah. But then they've got to struggle. Well, they don't struggle, but they've got to worry that all that time is taken away from the kitchen. And the mm. reason why they've got the star is because they are, they've been in the kitchen. Yeah. Or you surround yourself with, with wicked people who are, who live and eat and breathe your, your ethos and cook amazing food. Yeah. If you find those, they're, they're gold. Awesome. And then you just, you hold on to them and you look after them and you just like, yeah. you know, you feed and water them and, and give them what they, what they need. But in, inevitably, yeah, inevitably they need to do their own, <clears throat> they need to do their own thing. Mm. They mm. see, oh, he's got the star or she's got the star. I want a star. Mm-hmm. Well, I want two stars. <laughs> so, or three. Yeah, or three. Or three. <laughs> Massimo, Massimo Bakuda, whatever his name is. No, oh, Bottura, yeah. Bottura, that's yeah. Right. yeah. He's got three. Yeah. Cooking Parmesan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he, like, he's, I mean, I don't know how that guy does it. Yeah. He is, you know, if you've ever, you've seen him. I've watched that chef's table. Uh, uh, um, yeah. Max or Massimo or Maxwell or something was what I wanted to name a child if it was a boy. Um, mm. And partly because of that dude, I was like, that guy's got such incredible passion. Well, that's what comes across anyway, the passion for, for what he what he is doing. Yeah. You know, and I think being passionate about something and putting your life into it and, you know, you get what is that? it's all emotional. <laughs> it's just like, it's, it's but, inspiring. <laughs> but it is. Yeah. But it is. That's what, you know, that's what life should be. Mm. Life should be all about passion. Mm. You know, if you're not going to do something, you know, if you're not going to give it, give it hundreds, mm. you know, the, like I look at some of your stuff on, you know, on, on Instagram, Yeah. you know, the pictures of and the photos of, of up in the, yeah. you know, uh, hunting and and that sort of thing, and you know the 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 passion or the the love of what you do yeah. comes through. It was, it was funny. Um, had a bloke that we did podcast with yesterday, um, and I was telling him about how I took a, a Diana camera with 120 um, film, and you know I got the photos back. Um, not only were they in black and white, but they were like so lacking in serious light. And just focal planes all wrong. It's like, oh, that was an ex- you know, not expensive. You know, that's a thirty dollar lesson and <laughs> what not to do. Problem is, I don't know what it did. So, <laughs> but yeah, again, it's just like another way of looking at, at being in nature. It's like, well, how can you how can you capture this and try try share this? And yeah, that was, is that some of the essence of of food. It's like the taste, the texture, you know, the experience. Yeah, yeah. it's it's emoting. Um, it's emoting passion. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. That's what, for me, that's what food is. Yeah. Food is just, you know, like I, for me, like Tan Square. Yeah. Tan Square reminds me of my, my grandmother. <laughs> and it, and it's, it's, it's an emotional experience because of my relationship with my, with my grandmother. Yeah. Um, you know, that it, if it's a, you know, if it's good Tan Square, like I, when I first went up to, went up to the school, we made. I got the tan square recipe from my mum. Nice. And I got 
my pastry chef to make it. Yeah. And it was like, I was, I was moved. Yeah. And how'd the girls take it? Loved it. Oh, man. Hey, had, <laughs> they're like, had chocolate. Had, had chocolate <laughs> in it. So they were all, yeah. they were all good. Yeah. But that's what food should be. Yeah. Food is about memories and, and that's, you know, the stuff that you like or pe- the, st- the things that people like is because of a memory. Mm-hmm. Whether it be a good memory or a bad memory, I can. I remember, thing you know, um, points in time through food. Mm-hmm. Like if you are, you know, someone will ask me, "Oh, what you know, what did you do here?" So, well, when we went out, we had, you know, <laughs> we ate this and this, and you know, this was. And I can't, I can't remember who I was with. Yeah, but I can remember what I ate. Wow. Yeah. But that's what that's what food should be. Yeah. That's what's. You know, if you and it's from like a really good burger yeah. to a pizza to a you know whatever or you know a, you know you think if you buy an apple, yeah, you're looking for the you're looking for the apple that reminds you of the the taste when you first yeah, because that's what it is. That's you know it's it's taste memory. Mm, mm. Yeah, Cox's orange um, is my apple. They don't really make too much anymore. There's there's some. People in North Canterbury that do Cox's Origin and Ashley Rue, I think they're called. And yeah, Rick and Markets are stumbling across these Cox's Origin apples. I was like, shit hot. Mm. Crunch. Yeah, you know, that it's a fantastic variety, but I don't know why why it doesn't sell, but <laughs> oh, probably doesn't probably doesn't look look very yeah, look very good. Yeah, no. Yeah. It's, it's funny, um Gabby, my flatmate that you probably met on the way through, um, she just started working at Rocket and it's like, what a Awesome that that's a viable and productive business, but like, what an incredible concept that small, perfect apples in a tube is a, is a raging success in Asia. Like, what a what a paradox! Yeah. <laughs> well, my my son coaches a they're seven year old, seven years old. These, yeah. these boys on a Saturday morning, and if you ever want to see the idea of herding cats <laughs> yeah i was one of those seven-year-old soccer players <laughs> yeah. but um on oh, i love it they, they love it and it's great but this late lady gave one of the kids on saturday morning and I, the same thing a, a tube of these perfect little apples <laughs> i thought what the, what is that what is that <laughs> and then i saw what they were I thought, okay right it's rocket rocket yeah. apples and yeah but that's you know and that's asia yeah everything perfect perfect you know if you go to the markets on um <clears throat> the, the um, hastings markets the there was a guy there was a group these japanese guys selling these japanese grapes mm-hmm. these beautiful perfect purple or red red grapes yeah and they were amazing seedless yeah all of them are perfect the bunch is perfect and that's you know that's the they Kyoto table grapes, right? <laughs> and talking to the guy was so you know they must be perfect and they've got to be got to look no blemishes and you know yeah. I think it's like a, a nashi pear or um, something that they like rotate on the on the tree so everything gets all the sun and stuff. You're like, it's a lot of work, but yeah, well, that, people people pay for it. Yeah, but you, um, I remember, I don't know if you remember, there was a. A kiwi company that were doing a pear liqueur, right? Yeah. And so they were growing the pear in the in the bottle on the trees. Wow! So the pear was inside the inside the bottle, 
and I, I don't know if it's uh, if it's carried on. It's a cool concept. <laughs> yeah, time consuming. <laughs> how did how did you end up cooking and, and chefing? I um. When I was 16, I had big plans to go to university and do sports science. Mm-hmm. I was a triathlete. I ran, you know, I was just sports. Sports were my thing. I was a swimmer and I was, you know, that was it. Yeah. 16, you hit by a car. Oh, fuck. <laughs> um, on the first day of first day of the May school holidays. Clear as, clear as day. Um, coming home from my mate's place, coming down a hill car pulled out clipped the front of the car went over the handlebars yeah um no helmet you're right um sat down literally sat down on the curb but what had happened is my foot hit the curb and i turned so my toes were facing back Uh, that gives you the heebie-jeebies oh it does it does um so it's not really that surprising you've got Plantar fasciitis. Oh, it's on the other foot. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> the, other, the, the one with the injury is no, no problem at all. Um, and sort of spent a fair bit of time in hospital, and that's that's one of the things I'd always liked to cook. Like my my parents were are uh, very adventurous eaters. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd grown up in Sydney. Um, my parents had, you know, gone to market in the markets in Sydney, and sort of we lived a, a pretty nice, a nice upbringing with lots of different foods, lots of different style of foods. Came back to New Zealand when my when my grandmother passed away, and still my parents continued, you know, to continue that love of food. And mm-hmm. so, my parents they were working full time, and so my mum would do the, oh, can you put this on mm-hmm. at this time? Mm-hmm. And normally I was the one that was home, so I. Yeah. I'd do it and plus you probably liked eating if you were doing all the sport yeah yeah loved eating <laughs> loved eating you know yeah. ate from when I came home to when I when I went to bed yeah and just um didn't do as well as I wanted to I guess as well as I wanted to at school yeah and thought I like to cook and so went to cooking school did an apprentice did an apprenticeship at the time and loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, twenty seven years later, mm-hmm. I'm sort of calling time on the cooking for other people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and just you know, I owe my life to my to cooking. Yeah. The the life that I lead now, and the people that you know, my wife that we've married twenty one years. Um, you know we that's through cooking you know yeah. my mates are most of them are through cooking yeah um so how'd you meet your wife we were both working in the same place <laughs> um we were at the time I was working at a place in in london and me being the super shy like really quiet <laughs> quiet chef yeah um no a friend of mine said oh maybe you you know, have you met Amelia? I like, no, you know, she's. You know, I like the. I like the look. <laughs> and mate of mine set us up on a yeah. blind date. Right. Well, well, blind date. Yeah. yeah, we went out to Camden Town. Um, what town? Camden. Camden. Oh, Camden. Camden. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And 
I was thinking the rest, ca- Canada Town. Yeah. <laughs> and as they say, the rest is history. History, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, we've lived all over the world. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been heaps of places, seen lots of things and, you know, done it done it together, which is cool, which is really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, some of it not so cool, but, you know, it's, you live and you learn, you know. Yeah, that's uh, life, partnership, being there for each other, all, that, all those things. Yeah. Yeah. And you just, you know, you, cooking is, is such a, like say, so emotive. Mm-hmm. And you want to be around people that are passionate mm-hmm. and are passionate about things. And, and, you know, my wife is super passionate about everything. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. She just wants, you know, it's got to be right. It's got yes. to be a certain way, which is, which is what you want. Yeah. You know. Um, but yeah, she's, I mean, she's South African and we've lived in South Africa and. How was that? Wicked. Wicked. It was cool. Yeah. yeah. Where, where'd you, where'd you live there? Cape Town. Yeah. In Cape Town. Yeah. Um, like I say, Africa gets under your skin. In what way? I think you, you know, we lived there for four and a half, five years and Africa is, it's such a pressure cooker. Mm-hmm. If you, you know, if that's the right, right term. Um, you've got such poverty and then you've got such wealth mm-hmm. um, and corruption in between yeah 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 it just doesn't doesn't compute but you know South Africans are so like Kiwis yeah we are more alike than you know. <laughs> well, uh, we were just watching the news before and old um, oh sorry I don't know his first name Conway they just got the the century at Lord's and oh, Devin, yeah, Devin, Devin Conway, that's yeah. the one, Jesus. Um, and Christo, he was, sort of was born, he's, he's got Belgian heritage, but he's born in South Africa, and then he moved, moved over here. He's also lived in Ireland as well, he's, he's been all over the place. But um, yeah, I said, she says, oh, who's that guy? And I said, oh, it's Devin Conway. Um, he said, oh, where's he from? And I said, well, definitely he's South African, but uh, he's, he's Wellingtonian. And then he first really opened his mouth, and I said, see, I tell you, Matt. <laughs> straight up but it's I think South Africa is it's hard to explain to people because yeah. it is you see so many different things like you see life is so cheap mm. life is just so but it's beautiful it's just uh, like you've never been anywhere so beautiful yeah and the people are you know you, you talk to people and they are you know you, you come and I wind it back a little bit you come into South Africa with all these preconceived ideas mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that you know the um, Kosa and the Zulu and all of the for use of a better term the the yeah the indigenous people mm-hmm. of South Africa are you know they're always oh, going to be like oh, it's, it's dangerous mm-hmm. they're not all like that you know no. it's not it is it can be but they're beautiful people Mm. And so proud and so so um, so proud of the heritage mm. and mm. so proud of who they are. And you just don't you just don't see it. You don't see that in a lot of other countries. Um, and you know you've got these guys that will they're living in they're living in a shanty town. Mm. You've got these guys in the kitchen who are you know I had a, I had a chef that worked for me. And she was amazing. Um, and her, 
uh, stepfather burnt her house down one night. <laughs> By eggs? On purpose? On purpose. Oh, shit. In an alcohol-fueled rage, yeah. burnt her house down in yeah. one of the shanty towns. But when I say house, she like she went to Bunnings and bought a garden shed yeah. and put that up and was living in the garden shed with her child. Likely wasn't in there when her when her um, stepfather had burnt it down. She still turned up to work the next day. <laughs> yeah. You know, she made sure that her her child had gone to daycare. Mm-hmm. She turned up to work the next day, and only through someone else telling me did I find out that this had all happened. Yeah. And it's just you just like, you know, what the. Yeah, it's, it's it's kind of like, well, what is what is normal and what's it, what's it acceptable? I don't know if that's the word, but yeah. And I also wonder if our, our perspective of South Korea and New Zealand, like obviously there's the um, apartheid sort of riots and and you know, stop stopping them coming here, trying to stop New Zealand rugby teams touring there, and then South Africans that have moved here have often left for good reason. So yeah. that's so that's our story of South Africa is oh so and so has moved here from South Africa and they had a terrible time, yeah. you know. Yeah. But it's like they've told you a story, and yeah. You, so then you've embellished on that story and you've become, yeah. You know that's your that's your opinion of South Africa. That's right. And then you go there and you see, you know, you're literally like you land in Cape Town and you've got to drive through, well, right near a shanty town to get to where you you're going. Yeah. And you're like. What is actually going on? So much, yeah. I mean, you know, am I safe? And have I locked the door? And has you know, has this? Why are we stopping at the lights? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Thought you yeah. don't stop at the lights. <laughs> no. <laughs> but then you know, you live a normal life. Yeah, you live a normal life. You you adapt to to the situation, and you know there are things that you do and you don't do, and you lock all your doors, and you make sure your windows are shut, and mm. you know you don't go walking the neighbourhood after when it's dark and you know you don't open your door you've got a gate you know but and so on and so on and so on Mm -hmm. and it just becomes part of becomes part of life Mm -hmm. but you know the people are amazing yeah you know the 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 scenery is breathtaking you know the the things that you can do or the freedom that you've got is unreal Mm -hmm. it's just do you have an example of like extreme freedom? Oh, just for me, you know, mountain well, mountain biking is is one of those things I find is just, you know, you're off, you're in the mountains, yeah. in the middle of these these mountains, and it's just no one's stopping you. No one's, you know, there's no one saying, "Oh, that's fifteen dollars to come and ride in the mountains." Or, oh, cool. It's yeah. just, it's there. Yeah, it's there, and you and you you do it and you use it and. Yeah, it's yeah. just, it's just the way. That's what I mean by the by the freedom, you know. Mm, the, mm. And you know, it's it's right to do whatever. You know, people are. You can sort of come. You could come from you know the UK with this idea, and you, you know you put it on the table, and someone goes, "Oh my god, that's amazing!" Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and that's what a lot of people have have done. You know, the they've just sort of come in with a different idea and gone, "Hey, why don't we try this?" And it works, and suddenly the you know they've got this empire in in South Africa and then but then you've also got the guys going come on give us some money give me some money yeah yeah so did you you go and run a restaurant work in a restaurant I was uh, running a hotel 
in called Mount Nelson, um, which old hundred and something year old hotel. Um, sort of the, they call it the grand, you know, the mm-hmm. grand old lady of of Cape Town, set in its own in its own grounds. Um, yellow, oh not yellow, white and pink was the um, the color the color scheme. Yeah, decor, yeah, decor, <laughs> yeah, and the decor, but very old, you know, very old school, and people have been coming there for all their lives. Mm-hmm. You know, we we did. You know, we did dinners for um, Liz Hurley and for Elton John and, you know, those sorts of... And that was the sort of the, the clientele. Yeah. You know, over, over Christmas time, you'd get all these people from the UK been coming, you know, we've been coming here for 25 years and, you know, <laughs> we've been coming here for 30 years. And I'd... When we would, left, that, would they be complimentary or was it, again, just that mix of somebody likes you who others don't? <laughs> yeah, I think there was, you know, the people that were coming and, that's you know, they'd make a... You know, oh, we've been coming. You know, can we get the price that we were paying in 1971? Or you know, <laughs> and they go, oh yeah, okay. You know, that's um, you know. heard of inflation. We've got a bit of it here. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, we there was a um, I'd I'd started as as a, as the what they call it exec sous chef, so a second in charge running the hotel. Yeah, and first day I got there, and a lady. Oh, this um, lady would like to see you. I think, okay, like what? The, <laughs> this is eight o'clock at night. And she's just having having dinner in the in the restaurant, which is the, the Cape Colony. It's beautiful, old, you know, all dark wood and beautiful, massive windows. And I went and she sort of sat down and she's. I'd just like to start off by telling you the last chef was terrible. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. So they sat down and. And she's there, and she said, "You know, this is the first night, first time I've come to South Africa without my husband. He died last year." And so, like, and he said, "Well, you know, but my my children and my my daughter and my grandchildren are coming next week, and this is what I expect." And so, like, okay, it's this old lady who's no nothing to do with the hotel, but she's you know reading me the right act. This is her place. Yeah, this is my she's basically you know peeing marking her territory. Um, but like this big shock of like dyed hair, like this hair everywhere with a bow, and and she's um, you know, she's eighty years old in the shade, <laughs> you know. And next day, see her, and so you know, I forget, and I forget her name. She's oh, you know, some sort of Nick, um, so and so wants to see you, and she's out there by the pool. And this is a lady, eighty years old. She's in a bikini out by the pool, lying on a on a <laughs> on a on a lounger, and she's like, oh, you know, this is. My daughter and this is her children and my daughter's sort of, yeah, you know, I'm friends with Elton John and, you know, okay, awesome. this is how it's going to go. Yeah. Actually lovely, you know, actually, <laughs> actually really, really, really down to earth and really as down to earth as you can with sort of that, that sort of. Plum in your mouth. Thing. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, but really nice. And all it was, was about that her grandchildren had a, had a nice time. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was the place she was coming from. Yeah, 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 and she was, and I said, I like, so we sat one, when she was leaving, she wanted to thank me, and so <laughs> oh, she, so we sat down, we had, it was like nine o'clock in the morning, Yeah, and she has a highball glass, and uh, the concierge, this guy Joey, who was, he'd been there for like 40 years, Right, he'd been there from when he was first out of school to, and he knew everyone, Yeah, he knew, <laughs> you wanted something, you saw Joey, and he Joey's got, yep, yeah. 
And so I sat there with her and she had a highball glass. Mm. Joey came along, bottle of vodka, pours, you know, the glass is three quarters full. <laughs> I'm just sort of sitting there. I'm, I've got a coffee and, and yeah. she's there with us. I'm having a Bloody Mary. Yeah. And then... Bit of tomato juice. Bit of tomato juice. <laughs> and some Tabasco. Sticks a celery stick in. And she must have sat there and had, had two or three of them while I was oh, having a, a cup of coffee. Yeah. She must have been pickled from the, from the inside out. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I was there for um, there for, for two years. And then there's a hotel opening um, in, the, in the foreshore in Cape Town. So Cape Town's a, is a, a mm. harbour. Um, it was a one and only called the one and only, and that was you know new builds. And I'd met the exec, exec chef. He was a Australian guy, mm-hmm. and agreed to go and be his number two. And and we so opened the opened the tele had a Gordon Ramsay restaurant in there, a, a Nobu, um, and then it had a man made island oh, in the middle of the in the middle of the hotel. Yeah. They blocked off the the inlet and made this made this island just spa and villas and an infinity pool and like money like you've never seen yeah before yeah and yeah it was there and um and then and know, the place worked out yeah yeah, yeah and it was it was amazing like it was just we had we did the launch of the um ipl when there was the bombing in in the terrorist bombing in in India. Yeah. So you know, Snow Patrol played, and <laughs> once again, a situation where you just see money just being thrown at a situation. Yeah. It's like, oh my god, like what the what's happening here? Very unreal. Yeah. Very very unreal. But good. And then we came back to came back to New Zealand and and went to was up at Sky City for for a while, and then yeah, it was, you know, it was we never. We never left. Yeah, but it's good to like you know when you've been overseas for so long to come home and to you know to to see that New Zealand was sort of you know it is getting there it's, doing its thing. It's doing its thing, and <laughs> um, yeah. But then moving out of Auckland was you know that was the that's the the icing on the. So what 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 did that feel like getting out of it again out of the out of the place? Um, it was. It's, it's got heaps of energy. Yeah, and I think that's the. We were at a stage where we wanted a different life. Mm-hmm. We'd we'd been coming down to see my brother lives down here, and we were just in awe of of their life. Okay, you know, yeah. and really like oh, you know this is, we need to be living down here. Yeah, and um, yeah, it was just it was. It was hard at first, you know. I was really sort of, you know, missed my friends and, mm. you know, but then realised that they would travel and they'd come and visit and, you know, and be they, jealous of your life. Yeah, yeah. And that's what this happens. They come down like, oh man, I wish I lived down here. Or, um, <laughs> but then friends of mine had been. They'd moved out of Auckland. They'd moved to Tauranga and um, the mountain. Yeah. Um, some of them still live. They live up in Caraca. Yeah. Um, if, if I could pick anywhere. In New Zealand to do farm to table restaurant, that'd be Karaka. Yeah, that's where you'd you'd, <laughs> you'd you'd kill it out out there. Yeah, yeah. The property's not cheap. <laughs> no, no. I mean, yeah, it's uh, beautiful. Like it's. We went up a couple of weeks, a couple of well, a couple of months ago, 
and stayed with friends of ours for his 50th mm-hmm. and uh, you were out there and it was just it was so nice yeah. it was so good um, have, you, have you ever been to the Polo Open? Uh, not for a not for a long time yeah. out in Whitford or no in Cricket. no I remember going when it was oh, out, sorry. No. out Clevedon or no, so I'm getting that wrong Clevedon yeah, yeah. no I'm yeah Clevedon's right okay yeah Clevedon yep yeah. Yeah, Cleveland Market, the whole... Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah no, balls that up. Yeah, Cracker, yeah. Cleveland. No, no, Cracker's just a town now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just out that way. Like, that was me, for me, growing up. Mm. That was where you went and you trained for triathlon. That's You went and rode out um, Ridge Road. Right, yeah. And we we were we were out at, out at my mate's place and we were coming back at night. Yeah. And my son and I were in the, in the car coming back and we went down Ridge Road cool and pitch dark yeah but the size of the houses down ridge road <laughs> and i remember it being there was nothing just farms. it was just farms and farmland and yeah you go down these these houses that are just like i'm like like who lives here yeah 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 like you're going down million dollar well multi-million dollar road yeah yeah no it's um auckland's pretty buzzy how that that space between pukekohe and, and auckland's just closing in slowly 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 yeah jury's about to get filled in and yes yeah, there's no there's no there's no wriggle room up no. there there's no you know you, you down here you get used to being you know 10 minutes from anywhere and what's what's what i find buzzy about hastings is like you say you get to the edge of town it's like orchard or farm <laughs> straight away yeah yeah there's there's no like belt around around it. No, no. You go from you know where when the the start of the start of the half marathon. Right. You're yeah. behind the school and you run <laughs> through an orchard. You're running through an orchard for the first sort of three four k. Yeah. And then you come and then you hit another path and you go into through Havelock. Yeah. And then you go through another orchard. Yeah. yeah. For another. You know, you're running for 12k. Yeah, and that's with the with the half. Yeah, you know, yeah. You, you're running. You don't see any cars <laughs> for 14, 15k. Yeah, you're running along a limestone path, and I'm sort of looking at around. You know, I've never been here. Yeah, yeah, I've never seen, never seen this. And that's cool. That's what you know. Coming to the coming to the bay is so good for. Yeah, you know. Is is there? Like, Would you say 27 years, 29 years, or 27, 27 years? Is there like a moment that sort of shaped you, positive or negative? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I so I worked. I worked at a place in London called mm. Bank. Bank, nice. And um, <clears throat> I started there just after Bank had opened, and we were doing. You know, it's a sat. It sat. Uh, I think just under three hundred people, any one time. Wow! In one go, three hundred. There you go, and that they were booking that up. Yeah, we were doing we were doing five hundred for lunch, <laughs> five hundred for dinner. Jesus. The the biggest day I think we ever did was like eleven hundred, twelve hundred people. Wow, it was just off the. Just it so was what 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 about it? The people that made people want to go. It was just it was very cool. It was very they had a there was a glass sculpture that on the roof that was. Um, a, I don't know, twenty meters long, maybe, and it represented the resembled the 
um, London Skyline. Okay. So it was all different shapes and everything. It ran, and then the length. So the kitchen was this long kitchen upstairs, and it was open. Mm-hmm. It had a massive bar in the in the front of the restaurant, and you walked up from the from the um, seating area from the front entrance. You walked up this long between the kitchen and this mirror, this twenty meter long mirror and the sculpture into the dining room, mm-hmm. and it was you know. F- Fine dining, brasserie, food, but you know we were doing massive covers, mm-hmm. and you had fifteen, sixteen chefs on at any one time, mm-hmm. and you were just—it was in the it was the heyday of of cooking in London, right? And I'd I'd walked in, I'd walked in for this job for a, for an interview, and. There was a guy that I'd worked with in in, in Auckland, <laughs> and so I'm sitting in the chef's Sick. I'm sitting in the chef's office, and he's there, you know, giving me the finger through the window. <laughs> hey, was he already working there? Yeah, he was already working there. <laughs> and so I got the job. Yeah, and just by just by the just just by the by, <laughs> and um, and the chef said, "Oh, you know, Steve says you're a, you know, you can you can cook," and. So there was just, you know, there was the kitchen was full of Kiwis, full of Kiwis and Australians. Wow. And it was just, that was the guys that, that, that got it done. And the chef at the time, um, the exec chef was this guy, um, Christian Deltil, and it's this French guy. And he, he was, he is like my second dad. He is the one that shaped me into what I am today. Yeah. What well, shape? Yeah. He's really sees. You know, he's important to to me and to and to Amelia. And you know, he's come out to New Zealand. He's come to see me. And you know, his son oh. lived out here as well. But he's come out and spent the day with me. And that's and his wife. And you know, and I feel like part of the part of the family. But he he took me under his wing. And was just, yeah, like he, he saw, he saw potential, and he saw something that I didn't see, and nurtured it, and you know, and when I'd left, I'd left, and he eventually, he said, "Look, can you come back? Mm. I really would like you to come back." Um, but that's aside from that, it was just it was the best. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times, isn't it? <laughs> but my friends, it was a classic. yeah, yeah. It was you know my one of my closest friends, uh, Wyman is. We worked together, yeah, and we worked together, and we still talk about it now. We've there's a, we've got a, a Facebook Messenger um, cool. page that we talk. You know, all of us who got got on, we still talk about it. Yeah, we still yeah. talk about. It. I remember at bank. Remember this, and <laughs> because you were working. 60, 70 hours a week. Wow. You know, you were just, and you were, that was you, that was your, your family. You know, you know, these guys were, they'd live and die for you. Yeah. They would just, they'd look after you. Yeah. They'd so, never. So where, where, where does the transition go from like apprenticeship, learning skills to becoming great? Like you've got to get into the kitchen and start off. Yeah, at the bottom, and you, yeah, you've got to, you, you've got to, and that's where, that's where it's you know the industry is dying. 
because there's not an accurate representation of of what chefing life actually is. And yeah. the expectation is Expe- going to get on MasterChef's sell book and not actually cook ever. <laughs> yep. Yep. Pretty much. Yeah. 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 I think that's what it is. I think a lot of people, you know, they're selling that dream and they're selling that. Um, you know, you know from, from yourself. You went to university. Yeah. You know, you had to do the hard yards. You yeah. had to be the. You know, the get tested and yeah, fail and well, not quite yeah. fail, but get close to it and yeah. feel like you're hopeless. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you got to. Yeah. You know, but a lot of these, you know, kids come out of come out out of cooking school or whatever, and they're like, right, I'm a head chef. Okay. Yeah. You know, and then they get into it and they realise that I can't deal with someone telling me that my food is terrible. Right. I can't deal with someone saying that I need to shave ten <laughs> ten hours off the roster because you're costing me three hundred bucks extra and we can't afford that. So you're the one that's going to have to work. Yeah. That extra. 10 hours that you need to make the restaurant. So so people mostly on salary when it comes to being no 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 wages and yeah. if you're in the to- if you're sort of the top of the tree then you'll get a salary. Yeah. But that's where that that parity doesn't work. Yeah. You know, because you get a salary and then suddenly it's well you're going to be the one that's working the <laughs> working the hours. <laughs> yeah. Unless you find a boss who is or an employer who is who says right, you know, you work 48 hours or 50 hours a week and we'll pay you for 50 hours mm-hmm. and then and that's where you get the people that stay for with a, with one employer for forever mm-hmm. because they get looked after and they get they get um fairly compensated for the work that they do yeah <laughs> and that's not the norm i take it no 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 it's not it's not and that's the and that's the other side of it you know You've got guys who are going out and doing an apprenticeship, you know, a, a joinery apprenticeship or a plumber's apprenticeship, or yeah, yeah, you know. And you know that as a plumber's apprentice, you after five, six, seven years, you can be earning sixty-five bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. You will never, as a chef, <laughs> ever get to sixty-five dollars an hour. Yeah, unless you are a personal chef to to someone uh-huh. or uh-huh. on a yacht or. <laughs> Doing, you know, doing something, you'll never get to that point. Yeah. Admittedly, you know, as a plumber, you're going to, you know, you might be crawling through poos. Yeah. (laughs) Human excrement and, you know, and, but you've done the hard yards, you've done the the work. Mm. And to be a, you know, to be a fantastic chef, I think it's, it's got to be, you got to cook from the heart. Mm. So it's, it's, it's one of the true vocations out there, isn't it? Yeah. 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 But I think, I don't think... You know, anything can be a true vocation. Yeah, that's right. You know? Yeah. Um, there are those people that are meant to be an accountant. <laughs> there are those people that are meant to be, uh, you know, an optometrist. Yeah, yeah. You know, or a doctor or whatever. Yeah. But, like, I, I just, you know, we, we as chefs, and this is, we as older chefs, as the the older generation or the 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 guys that are getting out of it or the guys who were you know not big noting myself but you know who are at the top of the tree yeah we've got a responsibility yeah to change our industry yeah and to give a fair representation of what our industry entails Mm -hmm. so that our industry will live on Mm. because if we don't 
there won't be a, there won't be cool restaurants. There won't be wow. because you know no one will be able to. No one, no matter how good you are, you're not going to sacrifice your well-being and your life to run a restaurant. Mm. You know, I just saw there's a guy, he's a chef, he's a, an amazing Kiwi chef, got Matt Lambert. He had a musket room in New York for for quite a while. I forget how long exactly. He had a Michelin star. He is he's come back. His wife is American. Um, yeah. They came back to New Zealand. He is the he's the exec chef for the mus- the lodge bar in Commercial Bay in in, yeah. in Auckland yeah. and and for the lodge bar in Queenstown. Mm-hmm. And he he calls it how it is. You know he is. I think um, his younger brother committed suicide, hmm. um, and it's very close. It seems like a very close family. I'm, I'm, you know, I don't know, I don't know mm-hmm. him personally, but you know, he talks about food. He loves it. You know, mm-hmm. he talks about music, and he, you know, loves it. And um, but he, you know, he's a big one for, you know, that you know, chefs are. You know, come up with your own stuff. Yeah. Come up with your own ideas. Stop stealing shit from other people. You know, <laughs> stop, you know, or, you know, there was a thing about, um, you know, people poaching staff. That's yeah. the other thing. That's just, I can't get my head around people that do it. They yeah. come in for, you know, hospo people, they go in for lunch and someone they go, oh, you're a really good waiter. Hey, here's my business card. That's, uh, you know, you could come and I'll pay you X amount. Right. <laughs> So they come into your restaurant and scalp your stuff. Yep. Yeah. 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 And they think, oh, it's okay. It's cool. Everyone else is doing it. Yeah. yeah. Why can't I do it? We're so short of staff. <laughs> I'm going to come and grab your grab your staff. Yeah. But what they don't realise is that if you don't have the restaurants that are at the top of the tree, yeah. If you don't have the fancy, the really good restaurants, the guys that are hitting it out the park every single night. You don't have the the lower ones. Yeah. You don't have the ones underneath. You don't have people that want to, these waiters and service staff and chefs that want to aspire to something. If they've got nothing to aspire to, what are they going to do? Yeah, they're going to no. Right. Yeah. So what? What? How do I read this? Like the representation means that it's a a good person to be in the ten or twenty years that it might take me to be a head chef. Yeah. So, being being a, a role model person, a role model, complete person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I'm I'm no, I'm not a, I'm not a star. Yeah. You know, I'm not a, um, good at what I did. Yeah. And I enjoyed it, and I love, it and I'm passionate about it. There are better chefs out there than me. Yeah. Um, but these young guys, you know, you've got to. I've done the, the time. Yeah. I've done the <laughs> hard. Done time. I've done my time. <laughs> yes, it did. You know, <laughs> it sounds just sounds so bad. But no, I've done, like, I, I, you know, I've, I've worked in the, in the crappy places. I've worked in the good places. I've, I've, you know, I've been around. And I just want, you know, I want, I love cooking. Mm. I love the industry. I love the, you know, chefing is just, 
I maybe wouldn't recommend it to everybody because <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't suit everybody. Yeah. You know, for a time, my son was like, "I want to be a chef. I want to, you know, I want to cook. I want to be like you." And I was like, and that was touching, and it was really, yeah. really cool. But in reality, would I want my son to have the same life that I've I've had? <laughs> maybe not. Yeah. See the same stuff. Yeah, definite. Yeah. But go through the the same um, thing. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. Not at all. But I want it to, to continue. Yeah. So, what what do you think marks being cook to chef? Cook to chef. Yeah. Oh. I think there are the ability to do it all. Yeah. I think if you if you're a businessman or if you understand the business, yeah, you know how to make money. You know how to make people happy. Mm-hmm. You know, not just from, you know, from food on the plate, but uh, the music that you play and what your staff are wearing and, you know, the restaurant is successful and all that sort of stuff. That's that's a, a chef patron or chef patron, mm-hmm. you know. A cook is just, they cook. Yeah. And they cook really, really well. Yeah. And there are those people that will always be that. Um, but if you can do it all, then you, you're a chef. <laughs> but there are those that come out of college and they're like, yeah, I'm a chef. I studied for two years and yeah, I'm a chef. Yeah. No, no. So is it called chef school? Yeah. yeah. Or cookery school or hospitality school. Yeah. And we, and that's the other thing, you know, we, or we, schools are selling off the industry. The yeah. industry. Yeah. To, to, to get people into the country. And that's, you know, you, so what, what do you mean by that? So, so they're, they're getting people paying international fees to yep, do yep. hospitality courses. So the college that I went to, yeah, recently, they were offering there was um, national students, you mm-hmm. know, like say Kiwis, and then international students. Yeah, two different prices. Yeah, of course. And yeah. there's something that's attached to that that bigger, bigger uh, ticket. Yeah. No, that's that doesn't sit with yeah. with me, you know. Because we're on, you get some absolute gems out of it. You get some guys that are just, yeah, you're going to be a star. Mm-hmm. But then you also get the guys who are just doing it just to get a foot in the door. Yeah, and that's where you know the COVID or post COVID, these rest a lot of these restaurants where they've had these guys. Who have been able to do the work? The work have had to go, had to go home. Mm-hmm. We don't have the Kiwis. We don't mm. have people that are willing to. You know. So, so part of these industry standard qualifications is that making them go to work. And uh, is the restaurant industry able to leverage that a little bit while they're training, or no? They're doing the purely at the school, and then they got yeah. the qualification. Yeah, and they do. They might do work release or something, or. And that's where, you know, TAFE mm-hmm. in Australia do it so well. Right, yeah. So what's what's their system? So their system, I think, if, I could be very wrong, mm. but their system when I was working in Australia was that you'd get the students and they'd work for you and they'd go to college a day a week. Mm-hmm. So they're in the industry. Um, and oh, I'll tell you, <laughs> you'll laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we had a guy. Yeah, 
was working for working with Jamie Oliver in in Sydney, and uh, we were. It was a Saturday Saturday lunch. We we're getting pumped, and you had this guy who was at TAFE. Yeah, and he was. It was we were busy going, and all you could hear was this. Like what the what is that? <laughs> and here's the guy, and shouldn't laugh. He was busy crying into the hot pans, and that there was was his tears. <laughs> oh dear. Because oh, he was just he just out he, of depth, out of his depth. He was just well, and that was the moment. Okay, right, just stand to the side, and but in that. You know, people learn really, really quickly. I was about to exactly. say, that'd be a tough day. And yeah. then the next day, was he back? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Like, the dude was, he was as little, you know, 40 kilos dripping wet. Um, but he was back the next day. Wicked. And I don't know what he's doing doing now. Mm. But, you know, that sort of thing, that was what our industry needs for, for me. Mm. You know, it needs people that... You know, if you want people in tears, but no, no, yeah, quantify that one or clarify not people in tears, but you know, five days or four days in the kitchen, a day away, you know, at at college, learning the user, you know, this is what you do because there is so much um, learning on the job Mm -hmm. in a kitchen. You know, you use a yellow board for chicken and use a red board for raw meat and use a blue board for. For, for fish and use a pink board for tuna and mm. you know all this sort of stuff and you get taught that and the practical knowledge that comes in that in that kitchen and you say you know you might learn you know you learn how to do something and then someone go hey actually if you do it like this mm. it's quicker and it's actually better mm-hmm. and you're mm-hmm. like oh okay cool you know and there's that's the cool thing about cooking as well there's so many light bulb moments yeah you know, where you, or you've been doing something for so long and then suddenly you're like, oh, okay, uh, didn't realize. And then, you know, you, you see that and you're like, oh, cool, that's, <laughs> that's wicked. You said about all the boards there, how, how have you seen the food safety standard sort of stuff change over time? Um, heaps, yeah, heaps. Um, I mean, I worked, I worked in, in the Middle East for, for not very long, um, September 11th put put paid to that um but that was you know you you had absolutes they were hardcore right. they were so they, they were ahead of the game yeah well ahead of the game yeah yeah well ahead um you know everything all this some in some ways a lot just it was just why why are you even doing that yeah um was any of that cult, cultural or religious or some of it yeah like yeah. you very well split and you could only do pork in this room and you could you know there was no um the chocolate room was over there and this was that and that was you know and never never met but it's at a place now the ministry of primary industry with their with the food control plan and the the approach they they take at the moment is just it's so smart Mm -hmm. it's it's realistic you know because there's so before there was so much you know you get a guy turn up, you get a, a, a count, you know, council, the food control guy would turn up just randomly. Mm. Oh, hi, I'm here to do your audit. You're like, uh, okay. Um, I'm cooking. <laughs> yeah, this is not a good time. Now, at least, you know, they're saying, hey, we're going to be here in two weeks' time. Uh, you need to allow two hours. This is what we'll go through. 
Yeah. So the chef's like, well, where can I complain? Yeah. Not, you know, not, not in a bad way, but they can just go right. And so the now the so you've got a ministry of prime minister, you've got a food control plan. Yeah. So it explains everything, and they provide the the all the forms that you should use. They provide the. You know, so you're not on some scoty bit of paper and you're writing uh, fridge three and it's, you know, four degrees. Yeah. You know, it's this is, and if it's not working, this is what you write down and this is the number that you call and, you know, and it's it's there for you to 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 use it. Yeah. And it's there for you to, and that's that's real, really, really smart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it just makes, just makes life so much easier. Yeah. Because yeah. the last thing, you know, at college, you're like, and food control, and blah, 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 and then that's, that's it. <laughs> food control, like, come. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it's not not at the at the front of what you... Yeah, what, you, what you're being explained to. Yeah, but yeah. there's still, you know, at, at college, you do get told, but it's, um, now I think it's just so much, that's the, that, yeah, that, that part of the, of the government, or seems to be, they've got their head screwed on, Good to hear. <laughs> Screw, screwed on right, you know, because they real. I think they must. They've got to realise that it, the hospitality industry or sector is such a massive part of what what New Zealand is known for. Yeah, well, and especially if you know, making pre-COVID, uh, the tourism industry is so big for the country. You know, that's yeah. that's part of the experience. You know, you're you're not doing, um, you know losing every single day or punch jumping every single day yeah you're eating three times a day yeah <laughs> yeah but someone's saying i was um 85 the flights internal flights were 85 percent of pre-covid nice so it's it's getting there yeah um and i think for you know new zealand as a as a whole it's good for the country mm. it's good for for people to get get out there and see their see their own country their own place yeah. yeah. Um we're talking about MPI, that's one of the things when you're in your exam with me and I was talking to you about food and kitchen and stuff and funnily enough, um, Alex at my gym, you know him and yeah. he works at Gourmet Meats and I was when I first met him I said, Oh, I saw your boss at the, at the bottom of um of Tomato Peak one day and I just got a got a D and I sort of said to him, Oh mate, can I can I bring uh, two shanks in and just cut them in half? <laughs> He's like, no, not, not allowed to do that. Yeah. But um, then I was saying to you about this butcher I follow in the UK yeah. it, that does does game meets. What's it, what's it like being able to just have a connection with the butcher and get this selection of game meats coming on? <laughs> well, like I was saying to you, you know, yeah. in, uh, in the UK, game is just such a it's such a massive part of 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 food in the in the UK mm. it's such part of you know such a massive part of food but here we don't you know when was the last time you went to a restaurant and had venison yeah I think, well, I think there's only like two two or three processes in the whole country and yeah that's part of the time yeah but like you know why why yeah well that was one of our hunters were getting outraged about the tars like well, can we like eat these guys because that's pretty good food yeah <laughs> yeah I think someone in um and Auckland's doing tar dumplings at the moment, which is pretty buzzing. I'd be, I'd be wanting to, you know, 
See what that's see what that's like. Yeah, sorry, I can't mention the restaurant, but I have have seen a couple of people go there. And I like, Tart. <laughs> I think you need to speak to uh, speak to Jay about getting uh, that one on the on the rock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Him and Dunkley start start talking about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure Jay's been there. Actually, he might be one of the people that I've seen eat Tart Oblix. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But um, no, having that having that ability, mm. you know, like you, that's something I you know admire greatly is that ability to go out. And you know I'm not a hunter. Mm-hmm. Um, love to, but I'm not. Mm. Um, you know to go out and get, you know, live off the land. You know, essentially live off the land. Yeah. And that's the. You want to have that ability to, to be able to take it off and come back and, you know, prepare it and yeah. and and eat from nose mm. to tail. But yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna go into any butcher and say, "Oh, just I shot this yesterday, and can you just uh, <laughs> yeah. can you can you look after it for me?" Yeah, yeah. We um we had a there was a guy in South Africa who was um a place was called Bread and Wine. Mm-hmm. I think it was yeah, and he had this little place is out in front shook out in in the um, wine country in in Cape Town. And we were getting all this um, small goods from him, mm-hmm. and they all tasted the same. <laughs> like they were, you know, salmon tasted like salami, and it smelt. And so we went out to see him. Yeah. And so we get there, and he's got this pig. He's got on a he's on a forklift with this couple of hundred kilo pig. Yeah. About to go and process this this multiple hundred multiple hundred kilo pig. And um, we go into his his curing room. Yeah. And I've never seen so much cured meat in my life. Yeah. It was just just stuff everywhere, and it was you know lamb ham, and then um, like you know springbok salami, and this and that, and it was no nitrates and nothing. You know, it was just it was cool. It was really really cool to see. It was just like where's all this coming from? Yeah, and it was oh so and so shot this and this has come off this and you know no control whatsoever. <laughs> and so why did it taste all the same? Just because it was all in the same in the, in same, the same, same space. Yeah, in the same space, and so but it didn't taste. You know the, but it was like mm, okay, this smells similar, same tastes the same. Yeah, but it was just from from being in such close. There was no like. This is where the fish is. This is where the pork is. This is where the 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 beef is. There was no no control like that. So what was he doing? Small goods wise with fish, drying, drying. Oh yeah, so like salt, like cured cured salmon. Yeah. Um, and it was wicked. It was cool stuff. It was really, really, really good. Just a big cowboy. But we still- <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He was. Yeah, he couldn't be told. This guy yeah. could not be told anything. <laughs> Yeah. And we were looking to buy stuff for the for the restaurant for from him. It's just uh, you know we can't actually. Yeah, it's just <laughs> how how like you saying how good it would be to eat off the land or what whatever. How as as the chef, how important is it to have that connection with your suppliers? And yeah. is, and is there that much of an opportunity in New Zealand to niche out with your suppliers? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Cool. There's um there is if you're like there's a we were using up in Auckland we were using Lee Fisheries okay and they were it's fish I've um it's coming Yellow Brick Road right 
um, <clears throat> I probably butcher her name, Rachel Taulalay, I think is is that she was the well, she was who we were dealing with from mm-hmm. Yellow Brick Road Fisheries, and the fish was just unreal. Mm-hmm. It was the most beautiful looking. You know, you see this fish and you're just like, oh my god, this stuff is, you know, a whole fish on the bone, bright eyed, you know, beautiful, firm flesh, just, and seeing stuff like we got, um, this, it sticks in my mind because it was the best fish I've had in mm-hmm. ages, King Cherokee. Right. And it was unreal. It was just the flavor and the, the, to cook it was, was amazing. Um, but that's the, there's a lady up in Auckland who's um, Element Foods, you know, Megan Corbett, and she is she's the niche. She goes and finds things. Yeah, she finds <laughs> she finds cool shit. Yeah, and she's amazing. She is just Lo- local cool shit, or yeah, local cool shit. Yeah. Local, um, you know, we've got there's a truffle grower in in the bay. Mint. <laughs> yeah, I don't. You know, it all gets. Um, I think it's I forget the name of the company is, but yeah, local local truffle growers. Um yeah, but even guys like the Waipawa Butchery. Yeah, yeah. You know, like Annabelle Smith and, and Duncan, her husband, they you know, that sort of stuff is, is cool. Mm-hmm. You know. Um no, the I forget what the name of the company is. Um they're a herb and veggie company. Nice. Uh, just on Cardamu Road. Um and it's cool, like that's that's cool stuff. But the it's there, it just costs. It's right. it's just expensive, you know. Like Danny, um, Danny's pasta, you know, at the at the markets. Yeah, you know, he's making handmade handmade pasta. Um, you know, that's you know who 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 does that? Yeah, you know who. You, know, you go to the Cleveland markets. Yeah, yeah. You know, curious crop of tomatoes. That sort of. That's cool. That's yeah. again, again. I was saying about those apples. Rickon and House Market is a bloody good one. Yeah, um, quite artisan sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. and that's you know Moise at Yabon and you know that yeah, sort of. Yeah. You know, he um, he's just a genius. He's a genius when it comes to when it comes to bread. This stuff is wicked. It's just cool. Really, really cool. Yeah, bread. Misbreed. <laughs> oh, you uh, are you? Are you I'm, I'm I'm very Irish heritage and yeah, quite quite useless with bread. <laughs> what? Just eat it like? No, it, it gives me terrible guts. <laughs> it's not ideal. Oh really? Oh no. Yeah. Oh no. Now, I've I've, I've uh, I think I've tried two or three times do the blood test for celiac disease and came up naught. But yeah, my my grand just got diagnosed i don't know whether i was by blood test or biopsy at like 84 so i was like okay so maybe there's something to this avoiding gluten for me yeah 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 so but can you drink can you drink beer not really yeah i do do sometimes just like i sometimes eat bread sometimes eat pasta (laughs) right i'm out (laughs) yeah but you're an adult you're an adult yeah 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 Yeah. and that's that's something that's gone a bit of a segue into that one yeah something's gone absolutely crazy yeah the dietary um, needs of 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 people. He would have had that at the at the school a bit. Yeah, 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 yeah heaps, heaps. But that's um, school of girls. How much? How big was veganism and vegetarianism? Not as big as you would think. 
Veganism, not. Yeah. Vegetarianism, yep. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, you know, my my wife's best friend. Yeah. Um, she is vegan. Yeah. And she is, so her, her husband passed away 2017, mm-hmm. bowel cancer. Oh, yeah. And, um, and that was the Movember. That's the mm-hmm. that's why I did the 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 run row ski thing. That's what it that's what it was. And um and at the moment, you know, look it up. Move your I think it's move your bum for it's a bowel cancer fundraising thing at the this month. Yeah. Um and but so going into that that vegan thing, so Karen has decided that she is well not decided. So she's been vegan for a good couple of years. Yeah. Her daughter's vegan. Um, I think her other child, her son, is vegan as well. Mm. Um, but it's not. It's, you know, we've, we eat out, eat together mm. Great. regularly, fairly regularly, and it's nice. Yeah. It's good. It's, Absolutely. it's, it's, um, and we, we try and eat, um, vegetarian once a, once a week. Yeah. Um, and it's it's easier. It's easier now than it than it was, Be- because of availability of yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not just. I think for so long it was just tofu. <laughs> you know <laughs> that was it. Stuff. Oh god. <laughs> yeah, you and me both. You and me both. But there's so much more to to vegetarianism or veganism than than tofu. Yeah, tofu and lentils and. <laughs> I mean, my my wife's parents are, are vegetarian, mm-hmm. and before. Before she met me, my, my wife was fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Outcast, not not outcast, but not definitely not in the yeah. in the um, in the Brian Bultong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That everybody is just so that is set up. You know, hey, you know when you go when you go for a bride at South African's house, you go you go at five o'clock in the afternoon and you eat at eleven. Yeah, yeah. you know because you stand around, you know. Um, having beers the whole time <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah pretty much <laughs> the uh, picture of the, that fellow that's in the stands for the bulls in, in Pretoria with his bloody beer sitting on his gut and he's got like the bullhorn hat on yeah a massive stomach with bulls written on it yeah comes to mind eh? that's quintessential Afrikaan <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. My, my wife's a she's a uh, what do they call her Buddha Macy yeah you know she's Afrikaans her mum is her mum's Afrikaans and her father's English mm-hmm um, but yeah, that's very much the you know <laughs> going back to South Africa. That was you know her for her parents and her growing up as as a child being ve- vegetarian, yeah, and then her going to going to university and not being able to eat anything really, wow. as yeah. in like in accommodations yeah. and things, yeah, yeah. yeah. in yeah. the halls of residence, and so her mum you know cooking for her so that she had <laughs> stuff to eat, so she had to she became. She had to eat meat because you know, she was just she wasn't getting the nutrition. what she needed nutrition yeah. to. And her younger brother, <coughs> one of her younger brothers, is still vegetarian. Mm. Still, I think can eat as eat, eats eggs, and that's about about mm. it. But then her youngest brother is um, lives in the states, and he doesn't. He's not vegetarian anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, not a not very common in South Africa. Yeah, well, it wasn't when you know, in twenty two thousand and nine when yeah. we when we left. I wonder if uh, 
part of the reason why it was less common in the boarding hostel of girls is that a majority of those boarding girls are from farms. Am, am I correct there? Uh, oh, no, probably no. So probably not. Right. Yeah. But it's um, you know, a big part of South African culture is the 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 braai. Yeah, it's standing around the braai and the oh, sorry, in, in um here in Avalok. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh no, no, definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'd say there's a big massive farming part of it yeah that and but yeah they are it's yeah look i've very very special place in my heart for for the school yeah that's for awesome all, and for all those girls yeah you know it's uh um you know I, I it's the hardest hardest goodbye i've ever had to make <laughs> wow you know there's from anywhere i've ever left anywhere i've left it's just a um, how many girls are there? Three hundred and three fifty, I think. To cook for, yeah, yeah. Wow. So about, I mean, about three hundred, one hundred and eighty for breakfast, three hundred and fifty for morning tea, three hundred for lunch, three hundred for afternoon tea, one eighty for dinner. Wow, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Five days a week, and then on the weekend when you know girls go home, it's uh, it's different. But you know, there's, you know, when you you have you know when you have a preconceived idea mm-hmm. of what people are going to be like mm-hmm. you know i thought these girls were going to be oh my god you know, <laughs> you, know you, you know um was it um clueless yeah that, yeah, yeah. you know yeah uh you know too cool for too cool for school and so you know everything's fabulous and you know that's sort of, <laughs> that sort of thing but in actual fact yeah they're really good they're cool yeah they're a cool bunch cool bunch of lady, young ladies yeah you know who are Super smart, yeah. And I, and you know, I've got one. I've got a boy, yeah, who's sixteen. And my, you know, my my marker of what girls were like is my niece, yeah. or was was my niece. <laughs> um, and you know, they just, I love, I love being wrong and that sort of and that sort of thing because they just cool. Yeah, that's it's awesome. really really cool. And yeah, some super super successful girls coming out of coming out of that school that's for sure mm. um and cool and teachers that you know my sister-in-law is a teacher and she teaches at, at a at a primary school mm-hmm. but you know there's teachers up there they just they give you know they give. pay the teachers more yeah, but, but the but government like, needs to pay the teachers but more like, but like shifts the older pay the worth <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah. exactly you know if you're you know your kids are going to schools and they'll see teachers more than they see you. Mm. Pay them what they're worth. Yeah, the old the old outsourced outsourced parenting is is the thing. That was one of the um, outcomes of of COVID. Mark Mark Eagle, Tim's dad, said to me, you know, um, he was at a dinner party, and a friend said to him, "Oh, you know, I've, we've come to the many not us, but many of our friends have come to the realize that realization that our children are not nice people." And Mark was kind of going, "Oh, okay." Yeah. So, what, what 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 have you, you know, what's the outcome of that? And it was just no outcome of that. <laughs> just like get yeah. them back to school. <laughs> we don't want to deal with them. It was like, oh, that's a bit, you know, learning opportunity there. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, it was you know, COVID for COVID for me was like I did more baking than I've ever done in my entire life. <laughs> I'd sourdough on the go, and you know, made and made stuff. But also, it was time spent with with Thomas and that realization that. 
He's actually a bit of a dick. <laughs> yeah. But he's actually a good, he is a good kid. Yeah. Um, I think if you look back at anyone at 16, you go, geez, that's a dick. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we were talking yeah, about yeah, last yeah. night with, 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 um, with Justin. Like, would you go back to high school? And I was like, oh, just, I don't know if you could, if you could solve some of those dumb decisions. I think, I think that's all part of growing up. Just make dumb decision after dumb decision. Yeah. You know, like schooling wise, sporting wise, so that's fine, but. God, living being a being a human, making <laughs> making informed choices, not so much. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. no, but it's um, yeah. I think you know if you didn't come out of, if you didn't come out of COVID, and that's the other thing, like with this with the school as well. Yeah. So I, I was, um, you know, my approach to to how I addressed Thomas was through what some of the teachers at school, you know, I'd, I'd phoned. I'd actually phoned the deputy principal mm. and said, hey, like, can you give me some pointers here? <laughs> and she went, yep, sweet. You know, this is what we're doing and this is... And then so I, I attached that to how we managed yeah. his day and and it worked. Yeah. You know, he passed level one and... All right. Know, hey. <laughs> Did um, something right. <laughs> but, you know, we got out and he was still alive. I'm still alive. We didn't come out with, you know, massive addiction problems and, yeah. you know... Um, not alcoholics at, at all. Yeah. But, you know, but my wife had to work. She worked the whole way through. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, but I just, people that go, oh, you know, they get no, no learnings from it. So, <laughs> hold on. Yeah. There's two people here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And that's, and that, you know, that's something as well with, with having teenager, we're having a teenager is that, trying to get through to through to him that you know there are two people yeah you know it's not just your mum or me or or just you it's you know it's all of us yeah so you know your attitude toward other towards other people affects how they have an attitude towards you yeah but whether that actually sinks through that <laughs> one day that 16 year old brain maybe not yeah. maybe not one day yeah one day but yeah, it's, um, he'll, he'll grow up. He'll be all right. Mm. He'll be okay. Mm. One day. <laughs> Just not now. But that's, you know, kids are, kids are different. I, um, what was I reading? Um, circadian rhythm. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and just the, the difference of, of sleep patterns and, and how just even, you know, little things like, uh, they're developing at different times yeah. and how their brains are working and you know yeah i think i've said a few times the best thing ever for me was um fridays after school i'd be on the go from about four o'clock till 10 and it was the best thing ever and our like last our water polo game would be at like nine thirty, and you'd just be so up for it so amped you'd be yeah. at that peak time and you have get but off all the steam plan again, water pond, go home and go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. It was a, it was the best thing ever. Same like volleyball, you had a late game, you know, seven o'clock, seven thirty. It was that was that was good. <laughs> but you know, but that's you know, as a chef, yeah, you, know, you come into it and your time you know, the times that you are busy. Yeah. You know, twelve o'clock you are like on. <laughs> that's when you need the 12, steam to bluff. <laughs> twelve till two, you're on. Yeah. And then two till, you know, sort of two two thirty till four you're sort of 
you come you come down and then six o'clock or five you know you were just like go 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 yeah. for, for five hours yeah and ten o'clock you know the number of times i come home from from work and you're like yeah i need to i need to watch tv i can't go to can't go to sleep just yet or that's why you know you go out yeah, go out yeah. partying or go out drinking or or whatever yeah you know and and then just do it all again the next day mm. yeah, it's what i find <clears throat> interesting about joe rogan is that and it'll be the same vibe he goes on at maybe 10 o'clock has a 15 to an hour set long and then gets home and will be in that state of white and then he writes until like 2am and what does he say that like the house is quite he's got all the space to himself and all this energy and that's when he writes I'm just like man like but then you know he's got the day to himself and he what do you say he gets up for his daughters sees them after school and then starts again front front loads front loads his day a bit and yeah. does that workout does breath work meditation and yeah. isolation tank and sort of <laughs> yeah. all the things float float tanks yeah, and yeah. all the stuff that that money that money can afford you to yeah. to really look after you look after yourself it would have been, it would have been fascinating to hear his life in the 90s like before before fear factor when he was grinding it out yeah it would have been fascinating to hear what his what his um routine was like then yeah yeah or even just some of those guys that just but you know, you talk about front loading the day. Yeah, you know that's a, I've not for for so much of my career, I've never been a like a morning person. Yeah, best thing is doing doing stuff in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not a get up at five o'clock and go do heaps of stuff. I'm talking like a get up at six and you know go and and do stuff and and get stuff done. Yeah, and then you know the rest of the day is you just it rolls on. Yeah, and keeps on going, but. Um, yeah, like I mean, these guys are just like who's the other one? Um, like Howard Stern. Yeah, yeah. You know, he must have lived most of his life at late at night. Yeah, <laughs> and his day is just, you know, I don't, I don't even know what his day would day would look like. But yeah, and and like Howard, well, I suppose that's what Jerrigan is now. Uh, Three hundred million dollars to exclusively talk on Spotify, but and apparently it's more. Yeah. But yeah, same, same for Stern in, in the 90s, like, one show a day, mate, and cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. Just, just cash in, yeah. just cash in. Well, even the old Friends reunion the other day, like, million bucks an episode, like, what? What is that? What does that even mean? Yeah. Is that million bucks per person, or, you know? I think like, that was per person. That's just an obscene, you know, obscene amount of, <laughs> amount of money. But you think, like, for Matt Fraser, yeah. Oh, how, yeah. how much money do you reckon he... What did he say? You won the check 300, 300k each year if you're the winner. Yeah. <laughs> but even footballers, you know, like footballers who are, what are they? Um, oh, the guy, so there's a, I don't know if you follow, he's wearing a Western Sydney yeah, um, cap. But David Alaba, um, he's uh, a um, Austrian footballer. Okay. Played for Bayern Munich. He's just been sold to, well, free transfer to Real Madrid. Four hundred and twenty-six thousand dollars a week. <laughs> That's just an obscene amount of money. Yeah. Far out. What do you even do with that? Don't know. Ask. No. <laughs> yeah. Ask for some. He, he probably he probably doesn't know. That's amazing. 
But are you going to do like Marcus Ra- Marcus Rashford? Who's that? He's uh, forward for Manchester United. So he is. Um, now this is someone that I would you know you look up to as a he's twenty four twenty five. Wow. So the UK they 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 publish uh, giving people that give to charities, people right. that do stuff for other people, you know, do stuff for other people. Yeah. And I think he's top of the list. Cool. So he earns 24 million oh, a God. year. His net worth, I think, is 24 million. Wow. Yeah. But he gave, last year, he gave a hundred and something million away. Awesome. You know, that's the, that's what you do with fame. Yeah. You do something, you do something with it. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's what it should be. Yeah. And like you brought up Matt Fraser, that's going to, what's going to be interesting about Matt Fraser. Like, the money didn't come from CrossFit. The money came from him being smart, him being good, him being willing to get in front of the camera. Um, you know, brands, Nike's always handy. But Yeah, yeah, yeah. having, yeah. <laughs> but, like, it's going to be interesting to see, now that he's retired, what he's, what he's going to do. And and it's funny seeing him on interviews and, you know, one of the things of like, what would you do differently? Like, well, I wish I started investing earlier. Um, you know, yeah. I probably could have finished some of my engineering studies <laughs> while, while I was at it. And but he's, at least he's done it. He's got an engineering degree. Yeah. You know, he's, um, and that's, you know, that, you know, that's a stay in school kids, yeah. <laughs> you know, but he did that stuff before he became, you know, this w- worldwide phenomenon has been, you know, winning the CrossFit Games, what, five times? Yeah, but but also did the engineering stuff around the weightlifting stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, then, you know, that wasn't necessarily half us. And that work, you know, that work ethic as well, that, that real, just that hard work pays off. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And it does. As much as the catchphrase and, you know, it does. Hard work pays off. Yeah. And... Yeah, I'd like to see what he does. I'd like to see what um, he's an interesting guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm now fascinated what Noah Olsen's going to do. Yeah. And also, as I was saying at the gym the other day, I was like, "What's going to be Noah Olsen's benchmark of making it?" Because Matt Fraser's not there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be a weird weird spot. Yeah, I think um, I think the focus has shifted to. To the women, yeah. To te- and that's is she still competing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, I think she won the Mid Atlantic CrossFit Champs on the weekend. Men, yeah. Um, but that's uh, I've got a, a tip for you, someone to to watch on or to look at on Instagram. Hmm? Is a page called CF Kate. CF Kate. CF Kate. Right. So the lady's name is Kate Gordon. Right. She mm-hmm. is a Kiwi. Yeah. She lives in Melbourne, I think. Uh-huh. Um, CrossFit is level three coach i think nice. just been at the torium pro yeah, yeah. In a team like, absolute beast yeah um she was part of crossfit frankston with rob forte and um don't don't i, I don't haven't been following yeah a whole lot of beasts yeah a whole lot of beasts but and there's something at crossfit that kept me i think kept me in crossfit you know mm. go back to crossfit you know is the the difference in image of what women should be or the positive body image that about crossfit that it's not about being tall and blah blah it's about being strong mm. you know you call it camille you know camille leblanc bazinet you know with her power pouch she's got a little a little little belly yeah 
but she calls it a power pouch. <laughs> you know, she won the CrossFit Games. Yeah. Now she can do whatever the hell she wants. But what I'm saying about um, this um, CFK, CFK is she just she's using her platform yeah. as a level one CrossFit coach and to talk about body image and um, oh, a whole big raft of, yeah. of, of topics. There's a, there's a New Zealand girl that lives in Hong Kong that does similar thing, but I, her name escapes me. <laughs> Crossfitter? Yeah. Not the one with dreadlocks? No, she does not have dreadlocks. Because, <laughs> oh no, she's South African. Yeah. But no, but that sort of, you know, the... the so, but yeah, you're right, that's the same um, vibe and messaging around woman's image from CrossFit is, is quite impressive. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's what, it's cool, you know, Tia Claire Toomey, you know, she's, I don't know how tall she is, five foot something. Fucking lift weight, that's for sure. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm just I'm just casually going to go to the Commonwealth Games, get a gold medal in the, uh, in the clean and jerk, you know, just just for shits and giggles. Yeah. Um, but that, you know, the when you look at all that sort of stuff and that legacy, mm. these people will leave, will leave and... Someone who, you know, this CFK, she coaches and programs and all that sort of stuff. And, mm. But she actually just, there's real talk. Yeah. You know, um, you know, monogamy and all that sort of stuff. And some of the stuff is like, ooh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's a bit. Or poly- polyamorous. Yeah. Um, yeah. All going down those roads. Yeah. 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 But, you know, at least using it for, 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 for good, yeah, oh, it's a, it's a definitely a conversation that um, makes you think about your own own beliefs around relationships and stuff, and like, yeah. you know, especially for me being separated, it's kind of like, well, what the, you know, growing up Catholic and placing so much on the idea of marriage, you know, uh, my parents just had their fortieth wedding anniversary, my grandparents were like two years away from being 70 years married and that's because my grandfather passed away yeah you know and so on the flip side my other grandparents separated after like 30 odd years but yeah yeah um to then you know have a child and then separate and you're like fuck what does this all mean and but then you kind of go right eh? you just gotta regroup like what matters you know my daughter matters yeah and you can still be your father there's plenty of people out there that don't be a father. Yeah. And, you know, then, gee, you move along. It's it's new normal. Yeah. It's new normal. Unfor- unfortunately. But, yeah. But then at the same time, it's like, well, what, what, you know, if things aren't going well, do do you stay there? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, it's, my parents have been married for 50 years. Yeah. Um, my, my brother's been married 20 years. My I've married 21 yeah. this year. My brother is 43, never been married. Yeah. I don't know if he's been in a serious relationship <laughs> for for longer than but I I think there is so much that, you know there's so much society saying you need to be this and you need to be that. Yeah. And, you know my 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 um aunt and uncle separated when I was 13, yeah. 14 maybe. Um, uncle remarried, yeah. Um, and he's been married now for 
40 years, yeah. maybe, 30, 30 odd years. You know, it's not. Sometimes, you know, there is, you've got to, you do have to press that reset button. Yeah. You've got to go, hold on, this is not working. And not everything is for everybody. Not every, not the same thing for everyone. Yeah. You know, and you realise that, yep. Yeah. You know. well, you know, this lady, that's what I was saying about, Sadie bring up conversations around, you know, there's, there's people out there that happily are polyamorous. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, that's a lot to get your head around. <laughs> yeah. But then you can you can shut it down and go, oh, no, no, no that's, that's ridiculous. You know, yeah. what, is, what is that person talking about? What, what, what do they know? Uh, or you can go, oh, yeah, I suppose so. Like, mm. what, you know, what aspect of that am I scared of? What aspect of that? Is you know in my thinking, you know, do is that what I want? Is no, it's clearly not what I want. So then you go, cool, yeah. <laughs> well, now I know what I want. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't want that, but I want this. Yeah, yeah. And what, and you know, you got to go through. Sometimes you got to go through stuff to go. Hold on, I don't like that. Yeah, <laughs> but I like that. Mm. You know, and it, and it's hard work. Don't get. Don't. There's no being married. Is not just no. It's not rainy corn, rainy corns, <laughs> unicorn, <laughs> unicorn farts and rainbows. <laughs> you know, it's 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 hard work. Yeah, and but the good is is really good. Yeah, I don't I don't know whether it was, you know, your cell phone reading your mind or what it was, but there was a meme that sort of came out around COVID, and I, for some reason it ended up in my page. Yeah. But it was about like choosing your heart. You know, and that yeah. that was the thing. Being in a, you know, not that I say my relationship was bad, but being in something when something's not happy is hard. Yeah. But being in a uh, being out of a relationship is hard. You know. But having two parents together is is hard. Yeah. Being separated from your child is hard. Yeah. Choose your heart. Yeah. yeah. And commit commitment is is probably the biggest thing that I sort of think about relationships working. And so that you know that's what is in the vows, isn't it? Like. Things aren't going to always be good. Yeah. But yeah, you, are you committed? Yeah. yeah. Commitment. I think commitment is hard. Commitment to anything is hard unless you really... Like you think you know, when, you, when you're a CrossFitter, yeah. when you're a CrossFitter and you've drunk the Kool-Aid, and you're, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going to gym and I'm going to do this and I love CrossFit and, you know, it's all that. Yeah. You're committed to it. Yeah. Because it's cool. And then, you know, you go through a rough patch. You know, there's a, a couple of weeks of programming you don't really like and you're yeah. like oh, god this is hard or you know we're doing Murph or something yeah what would you yeah. do yeah bar hey just any time there's bar I'm like oh getting better but yeah. <laughs> even today that's all we're talking about uh, fucking overhead squats Jesus Christ <laughs> oh don't even start with that shit <laughs> we're all laughing at the you know, like is it ankle mobility? Is it the back? Is it just all of the above? Yeah. <laughs> I normally just circle all of the above. Yeah. Yeah. A lot to work on. Yeah. But you think you, got, you get a guy like, like Sam, like Sammy. Yeah. 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 Who's just. Oh, he just whipped up from the bar. I'm like, how'd you get up there? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, some people just, some people have it and some people just need to work really, really hard mm-hmm. for it. And. Yeah, it's the same in anything. Mm. And I think, you know, CrossFit's a really, it's quite a good one for, for life mm. as well. Like, you're not going to be good at everything. 
No. But if you dodge the tough shit... It doesn't get better. It doesn't get better. <laughs> yeah. But if you focus on the tough stuff, it gets better and it gets easier until something else becomes... Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're right. I've been, I've been scaling up until probably this week or last week. And then I went RX and it was just like, well, now shit comes unstuck again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, it, but it does. And there's, but that's, um, there's no shame in scaling. Yeah. No. Scale for life. Yeah. <laughs> scale and bail. That's, the, <laughs> that's even better. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, that's, and that's not me. That's, <laughs> there's a um, guy, make wads great again. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's just con- consistently taking the piss out of out of CrossFit. And he's a CrossFitter, but he just continually older dude, yeah. Uh, but just continually taking the piss out of CrossFit. And that's a T-shirt that he had printed was Scale and Bale. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of the Buttery Bros. So oh, they're, yeah, they're, they're always Scale for Life. <laughs> yeah. yeah, those two are just yeah. What's What's awesome about those two is like the films, you know, fittest ever are like impeccable professional as hell yeah but the youtube is just taking the <laughs> doing blenders ads and yeah pre-work <laughs> yeah eating pancakes eating pancakes, and eating yeah. pancakes and <laughs> but they're beasts you know yeah. they are they are they're strong and they're in their own right you know they're you know marston is a he's pretty fat pretty he's wily yeah <laughs> And Heber, you know, he's, uh, he's, I'd love to see how that, how big they are in, 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 in real life. Yeah, but to stand next to them, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, you're a, you're a decent sized unit. 92-ish, four, two, four, yeah. some, somewhere around there. Yeah. yeah. So probably about the, probably about the same. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, um, yeah, of course it's hard for, for big units. <laughs> Yeah, that's where that's where Alex is amazing. Hey, get he was doing getting up. Um, I think he did four muscle ups on race, and I was just like, "Crikey, man, that's awesome!" <laughs> he's a big dude. Yeah, he's a big unit. I got inspired, and then yeah, slipped the arm and smashed my nipple into the bar. And, I said, and, and the guy's like, "You're supposed to hit your like stomach on the bar." I was like, "Yeah, don't worry, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm working on it." <laughs> that's something I've never never been. I got dodgy dodgy shoulders, so it's sort of well, it's what I tell myself, but. Um, that just freaks me out. Muscle ups just freak me out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why not? I knocked myself out at a competition. And, oh, um, we went to Tribal Wars up in Hamilton. Yeah, and um, I was, I think it was probably third workout. And, <laughs> oh fuck! Yeah, I over like six odd workouts or yeah. seven odd workouts, and in a warm up, was just stringing them together. Yeah. You know. And it was a um, snatch, so it was a fifteen nine yeah. three, six three workout, so fifteen and then pull ups and yeah. going through. And I think I got uh, like sixes, and I just was going through it and just literally was then off the off the bar, yeah. slipped off the bar, fell fell backwards. Missed, oh, missed a box Oof. by about that much yeah and literally just whiplash head onto the mat Ooh. and I was out to it out to it and Nikki one of the 
owners of the of the armory. She's a um, fire yeah. fire person, absolute legend. We'll just put that out there. <laughs> um, I've, I've and, heard I've heard of Nikki, yeah. and she <laughs> and I was I got up onto my hands and knees, yeah. And she said she looked at me and saw my eyes. My eyes were <laughs> just <laughs> over the other way. Were just facing just <laughs> completely wrong way, and then I just went, "No, nah, this is not working." Yeah. Back in a back of an ambulance, and um, um, yeah, that was my competition was over, and <laughs> I've never never been able to live it down. DNF knocked out, yeah, but um, yeah, for the whole way back from Hamilton, it's you've got you know in a in a car with with um, G and Nikki and G every every ten minutes. Don't go to sleep. Don't go to sleep. Don't go to sleep. So I'm not. I'm okay. And you know. Drink some water. Don't go to sleep. Have some fish oil. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, bar work. Yeah, not my, not my favourite thing. Not your favourite thing. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. Give me a a rower skier. Yeah. Get some torque going. Yeah. Get these. Use these big arms for <laughs> something. <laughs> mean. Yeah. So uh, apart from Iron Man, what are you excited for, man? Like new role. Yeah, like new role, new role. Just um, I saw um, uh, Paletti. I don't know if you know. He used to have um, someone's touch barbershop on Heritage Street. Yeah, yeah. And he he's a counselor in Flaxmere. Right, nice. and we've become we became friends. Um, I was getting a haircut at the place, barbers up in Auckland, and they said, "Look, when you go down the bay, yeah. see Paletti." And oh, um, cool. and so the whole time I've known Paletti, we've been talking about doing things like making a change, like mm-hmm. being one of those guys that that really, you know, you want to leave a leave a legacy, mm-hmm. leave a mark. Yeah. So one of those things is what I'm excited for. Not just you know, my new role is wicked. It's just it's I'm really looking forward to. To doing different doing different things um just learning different things and helping um the company i work for get you know get better at what we do mm-hmm. um iron man yep definitely like i'm amped for for iron man might not you know it's going to be it's going to be hard mm. but also you know i'm a big um big one for november yeah um making a change yeah so I've got a couple of things, plans in the pipeline to to get, you know, to encourage conversation and, you know, not to take away from, from guys like Jack and yeah. Misfit Productions and those who are just doing amazing, an amazing job. Well, a job, but just, you know, doing what they're doing, that spark, that chat and yeah. all that sort of stuff is... But to be... To make to play my part, if you know what I mean, yeah, yeah. you know to to you know these sorts of things like you know meeting people like you and having Cheers, a man. you know yeah. having a chat and you know but but that's you know encourage be grateful for you know I'm I'm grateful for for life yeah I'm grateful for the people that I share my life with and I'm grateful for I don't believe that you should have to justify why saying thank you to someone or or being being a good dude yeah but you know we that's what i you know i'm excited for 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 change and being part of being part of change yeah. and i want to get the stuff done that 
I want to do. Yeah. You know. Do you, do you sort of um this is something something I've had run around in my head for a long time. Like the podcast started out being inspired by every man in the States and so they sort of work on the model of men's groups, which is like a circle basically. And you show up and I think they spend two or three hours a week, so that's pretty pretty a commitment. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. You know, it, it, it keeps going around in my head like you, you'd start it and people would come but then it's kind of like what are you trying to achieve like we have a lot of conversation around awareness but then when it comes to action and wellness does sitting around in a circle do that yeah. and and I know there is a few around the country um, Ryan Nicholson who I've had on a couple of times he's part of a online one down uh Upper in wellington for the brothers i think it's called yeah um i know there's um some guys in christchurch that have started one yeah did, how, how do you feel about about the likes of that sort of thing now i don't think three hours is necessary but yeah look i i anything that gets that encourages conversation yeah. or encourages change you know my so my thing is my my idea or my was around that sort of getting people together but it was getting people guys out doing stuff mm. not just not going and getting pissed at the at the bar yeah but getting out and doing stuff like going for you know we're going for a hike yeah and talking we're going for a run we're going you know going for a bike you know a bike ride or doing stuff but but reward you know rewarding yeah the guys for doing it you know like people love a reward yeah it's in our it's in our nature for we want to be rewarded yeah but you know we've got to do i think there's there's space for anything i think you know i'd be keen to you know even if it's like a guy's breakfast or a, a lunch or something cuz you know guys we enjoy eating, yeah, but not. But leave the, leave the alcohol alone, yeah. But just you know, talk, yeah, eat, talk, chat, and and, and that's what, I, not not to like. I think rotaries and business networks and lines and whatever else you want to, you know, has a label on it. Toastmasters, whatever, whatever it is. I think that it serves well as a place. For people to meet up and be part of a community and have a belonging yeah but i think it's from my perspective it's too caught up in the in the like reason for there so you know like rotary it's yeah. we're, we're all there doing good fundraising and whatever yeah, yeah. You know, lines are all there doing good community rah, community work rah rah us yeah rah rah us yeah, yeah. but um yeah that the in order to connect make a change you know, like you were saying with the social smoking thing, find my bullshit meter. You need to do have a little bit of a probing conversation, but yeah, the rah rah us is kind of like I'm doing such a good job. Yeah, but I th- I think there is a there is a place for yeah I'm not yeah knocking it, but yeah because yeah. they do heaps of good jobs. Yeah, and they do and they do, but and there's for for that generation, you know, there's for that um, like you know Freemasons, yeah, yeah, Freemasons or whatever or whatever you want to you know give them. For whatever they do, you know, 
secret handshake. So I, fuck, I don't know. I don't know. You <laughs> it's know, a secret society. You're secret not supposed to know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but there is there is a place for you know those guys. They've got each other's backs. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we you know we sort of there's so you know so much of pe- so many people saying oh you know oh, I don't want to belong to that you know I don't, don't I don't want to belong to anything. Yes. You know, that sort of yeah. cult, that sort of culture, anti culture, anti culture. Yeah, <laughs> but you got to be. You want to make a make a a connection, but you yeah you've got to have that probing probing conversation first. And when I well I, I, I say anti culture, but even there, here's me talking about I I see the good in, in these groups, but then also don't want to be part of it. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I'm a little bit prone to the anti culture too. <laughs> <laughs> but even you know when I. When I first sort of, excuse me, when I first sort of experienced anxiety mm-hmm. and really crippling anxiety, um, and feelings of of just not being worth anything, mm-hmm. you know, the people that I spoke to, I didn't. Well, I didn't speak to anyone f- at first. Yeah, I kept it all in, and I spoke to a, a therapist or you know counselor. I spoke to my wife, and that was about it. Yeah, but. Then when I opened up and spoke to my mate, to my to my mates, you know, a couple of my two of my mates were like, "Yeah, well, I suffer from the same thing," <laughs> you know, and the conversations weren't of of harden up, bro. Yeah. It was, "Hey, I'm there for you if you need anything." And you know, my mate Wyman, yeah, he was like phoning up like every second day. How's it going? You're right. You're cool. You know what's you know that. That's the. That's what friends are. Yeah, yeah, you know. That's what. That's what your. What your mates are. Yeah, and there's so many. People out there who are willing to, to listen and to help and to to do stuff. Yeah, I think sometimes you just got to ask. Yeah, I think uh, a personality trait that, has, was beginning to get wider recognised, and I think. Um, uh, Kelly that was with oh, I can't remember his last name but anyway sports psychologist was with Richard McCaw and the All Blacks and then also Gilbert and Acker and stuff they've started to acknowledge uh, vulnerability yeah. and you're seeing uh, Artie Severe as well bring up that conversation quite a lot yeah. Um, and yeah that courage to be vulnerable re- reciprocates vulnerability and creates good good connection and good understanding Yeah, and like I say, that's what true friends are. Yeah. And sometimes you do find your true friends. Yeah. And that hurts. But, um, yeah, it also is really awesome, the true friends. Yeah. 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 Like, I, you know, it's, um, I know what fitness and being active does for me. Mm. And it's not for everybody. No. But you got to find, you know, the, like, the things like the, I don't know, you know, if you go past, there's a group that they make coffins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the coffin club. Yeah. Coffin club, you know. Yeah. But you know, like I, I saw, there's a group of old guys the other day. They're all they've got. They call themselves the Rebel Cycle Cycle Club, <laughs> and they ride their e-bikes around around the bay. Awesome. And they stop for coffees, places, and have lunch, and you know they do stuff, and that's and yeah. that's cool. And I mean, even you know, my dad at at seventy five, seventy six. You know, he meets up at RSA on a Friday yeah. with his mates and they sit and have a glass of wine and they talk shit. Yeah. And I've 
been to one of them and they do talk absolute <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah, there's some guys at the Barcy Road Club that used to do that, eh? Yeah. Thursday night, they'd be in there in the club before before we'd start training and after we'd finish training, they'd still yeah. be there talking, talking rubbish, eh? <laughs> it was good, though. But, you know, and I play, I mean, I play, I play football on a on a Saturday with yeah. ma- in a, for a Masters team <laughs> and, but they're a good bunch of guys, yeah. you know, they're, yeah. they've, I know that they've got my back. Mm. You know, I know that if I said, look, I can't do this, I'd be like, well, what can we do to help? Mm. And that's, you know, the club as well. That's, you know, there are, so many people in that club that are just they want to help yeah that's awesome eh? but I think you know like we I think Jack sort of hit on it yeah you know with that with this whole spark that chat and that trying to create a platform for people to help yeah and you know is that the next is that the next step for for him and what he's what he's doing to you know to create more yeah more more stuff yeah well, I'm going to get him back on before I leave, so yeah. hopefully he'll reveal something. We'll, yeah. we'll find out. But he's so full of life. Like, he's just, oh. you know, he's just like, bro, like, you know, it's just, you talk to him and it's like, oh, my God, like, the, the energy <laughs> is just, it's infectious. Oh, yeah. You know. Um, but, you know, he's lucky, and he's also lucky as well. He's got guys like, um, he's, you know, tie up with, like, Deeks and Deeks yeah. and Rach at, at um, Hustle. Yeah. George, I mean, those... They are, they are good people. Mm-hmm. They are wicked people. You got uh, the hustle yeah. surfing, surfing motto there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Got, you know, trying to get the. I haven't got, haven't got the jumper, but uh, no. But those, you know, those sorts of people surround yourself with good, with good people, and um, allow to you know help you with with what you want to, what you want to do. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's um, yeah. Look, I mean. In the long, long answer to a short question, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm excited or I'm, you know, frothing <laughs> for just for, for for life, you know, for get Iron Man done. Um, I think I'm, I'm probably going to try and I think the Ultra Terrawera yeah. Ultra is probably on the cards at some, yeah, at some stage. Um. Yeah. Look, I think just it's it's a cool mindset because it's like it's possible. So that's possible. Lots is possible. You know, yeah. You know, done half marathon. Yeah. Now it's like right. Um. Yeah. Topol fifty odd. Ironman. You know, a marathon, a massive ride, a massive swim, yeah. and then 100 k's or whatever. Is coast to a- coast is not on the cards. So I will just put that out there right now. I, I was, I thought it was the same, and then when I was deep in the training, deep in the training, I was talking to some people, and they're like, "Oh, you'll be doing coast to coast next." I was like, "I thought that. That's a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, that is a lot of time. Yeah, I mean, we but and we a had, lot of gear. Yeah, yeah." <laughs> Yeah, I don't have a couple of grand for a kayak or something like that. <laughs> but even my mate Adam, um, you know, we were, we were sort of we were after after the half, mm. and he was like, "Oh man, like, to do a full, like, you got <laughs> to be mad, you got to be crazy." Yeah. And weeks later, he was like, "Oh, um, I'm going to do the full." Yeah, I was like, oh, "Right, okay. that, that's that's normal." I, I, was, yeah. I was the same after my ultra, never again. By the week, I was like, oh, "I could probably do that again." Um, my house. I'm just like, 
after Revenant. Oh, I can't do that again. Yeah, she said like basically by the afternoon, going back and watching the finish. Oh, Helen. Yeah, Woodworth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm doing that again. It's like <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah. No, it's um. But you do get that buzz. Hell you yeah. get that buzz from from just that energy and you know the the seeing people that are in this thing with Iron Man. You know, yeah. Tim probably would have said it as well. You know. Yeah, well, we were saying you know you felt like a little bit of a weirdo. But then you're at the start line, and there was a thousand other weirdos, and you're like, "Oh man, it's not that weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not that, I'm not that unique, really." Yeah, there's, I thought I was special. <laughs> there's thousands of other people here. Yeah, yeah, and there are. You know, there's two thousand two. I don't know. Um, I mean, Hawaiian Iron Man's like two thousand people. Yeah. Um, you know, all hurting. <laughs> Or like questioning their life choices about ten hours in, unless you unless you're finished. Yeah, um, and they probably still have those moments. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you watch those guys. Um, like you watch a guy like like Jan Fredino, mm. and you know he's just and it's absolutely not stick thin. But you know he say you know you know sometimes just like what the what am I doing. <laughs> But it's a single mindedness yeah. those guys have. It's like I am doing it. I am doing it. Yeah. And but if I'm not winning, I'm you know that that's something that doesn't. I don't know if it sits. It doesn't sit very well with me. Yeah. These guys that give up that uh oh I'm only there to win. Yeah. So if I'm not winning, I'm giving up. Right. That just. I think I understand giving, it. giving up elite level, maybe, because. Do you, you, I think you do need to be that single-minded. Yeah. And well, I'm not getting anything out of it, so I'm gonna, I'm yeah. gonna chuck in the towel and well, be elite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like oh, yeah. there's, there is more than life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd love to see, like, I'd love to listen to like Braden Curry's mindset. Who's Braden Curry? Oh, sorry. So Braden Curry, P one, he's on. Like, yeah, he won New Zealand Ironman this year. Cool. Um, yeah. A multiple coast to coast winner. Yeah. Um, he won Cairns Ironman last year, I think. Or, I mean, year before last. Mm-hmm. Um, like he's a just a. Like, you want to talk about single mindedness? Yeah. Like he's watched seeing watching him as an athlete. He's just like he ran a two. 238 marathon ouch you know when I was standing watching my mate Adam do the half yeah Braden Curry ran past him after riding 180k like he was standing still he was just like and just just yeah, going for it just going for it um yeah that like that sort of single mindedness is just like the yeah you know they've but he you know um another person I follow but he's been he goes on a, like a four day um cockroach nice <laughs> it's called a Havelock beetle <laughs> um you know he went on a four day kayaking trip in Fjordland with his mates good you know with <laughs> that's awesome yeah that's I mean that's um yeah I um pay to enter the Wapiti Ballot which is 10 days climbing mountains and trying to find a magnificent wapiti bull yeah and yeah didn't get one no yeah. a ballad yeah but yeah it's kind of like get a ballad and it's like right 
10 days of, uh, of God knows what. Yeah. I'll tell you what I want to do is I, so I remember seeing it years and years ago. It was, um, it was Matt Watson in one of those, one of the fishing shows. Yeah. And they were in Fjordlands. Yeah. And he was showing the power yeah, and, the, probably, and yeah. the crayfish and seeing the di- the difference between the, the, yeah, the, the, the water, the, the water, like the, this oily sort of thick top. Yeah. And then, you know, like a foot or a meter down, it was this beautiful, beautiful water. Beautiful water. And that was why, you know, he wouldn't say where it was. Yeah. But these parlors that were... Yeah, there's a there's a boat down there called Pure Salt. Um, that, that'd be a good thing to look up. And so they also look after some of the islands in Delphal Sound. Uh, well, I think they look after one island at the moment and they've got plans to look after a couple more islands um, because I think it's... Sanctuary Island or Secretary Island or something like that within within Doubtful Sound and then it's surrounded by another set of islands and then there's the mainland and so the main island where all these so it's like a reservoir for a bunch of the endangered birds yeah. is pest free and these surrounding islands are pretty pest free but rats and states and things can swim over to them Yeah, and so part of going on this pure salt boat is that you're partly funding the um, conservation effort mm. and I think you volunteer half a day and most people end up doing one or even two days and then the rest of the time you're sort of there hunting and diving and snorkeling and being in doubtful sound and the, what do you know yeah the place that time forgotten really yeah like uh, the ocean the ocean for me is just uh, um, yeah love like you know, like you're the the mountains, the mountains and stuff. Like you know, it's cool and that's, but it's something I've not really done yeah. a lot of. But the ocean for me is that's the awesome stuff. Yeah, that's the you know, just the 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 fish and the yeah, yeah. I mean, where do people find you, Nick? Nick Hazard. Is is said? Yeah, yeah. Where's that from? Uh, that is. Um, Hungarian. Um, you can go to Hazard Street in Waihee. Yeah, you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah like, I mean, Instagram is Nick Hazard 12. Yeah. Um, I may change that soon to <laughs> reflect the, the uh, Ironman, Ironman yeah. training. And, um, but yeah, you see me on a on a sideline somewhere on my or on my bike and you'll see me running somewhere around around Hastings with a cap turned backwards and just listen to heavy metal and nice but how heavy uh tall <laughs> tall corn corn yeah. um I listen to anything really yeah um not so not Metallica, so is Metallica heavy enough yeah, but I'm not. I'm not a massive Metallica fan. Yeah. Um, if you were to, yeah, if, you know, if you look on my Spotify, uh, recently played, you know, or um, it's all tall. Mm-hmm. It's tall and, um, oh, actually, the new. Um, trying to think of the band. It's actually a Kiwi band. Love it. Um, oh, well, the checks. Listen to a lot of the checks, which is the base of um, racing. Mm-hmm. We used to be, all those guys used to be in racing. I'm just 
find the bring it up the, the band um, the track is Burn <laughs> um, just trying to work out what it is yeah the first thing comes up is a tool on, on my phone yeah. <laughs> um, uh, what is it oh Cherry Blind is the band or the is song? the band the band and the song is Burn um, yeah good sort of punk track um, yeah. but at the moment I've sort of been listening to a lot of older stuff um, Screaming Trees and <laughs> but I'm, my my musical tastes are uh, literally I'll hear something and yeah. go ooh I like that and then go down that rabbit hole good and yeah. then come out the other side and go oh okay but I, my my older brother yeah is a winemaker he is a music like he loves music and he's the reason why I love music yeah he's just he was oh listen to this listen to this you know Sonic Youth and Chili Peppers growing up and um, Dead Kennedys that sort of that sort of thing don't so much listen to it now yeah but um, yeah it's good to have it's good to have someone supply with music me, me and my mates um, we, we share it around on our, our group chat yeah actually we got got one today to, to listen to yeah. yeah it's good to have a supply of music and yeah. Spotify take you down a rabbit hole oh absolutely you know lots of oh I've just you know I um, was watching a program Lie to Me Lie to Me yeah Lie to Me yeah, yeah Tim Roth um, and there was a song on there um, on and it was a Kingdom of Kingdom of Rain the song very but um, but dark right yeah but the guy is the guy Mark Lanigan is the singer and he was the lead singer of Screaming Trees okay. but then he also did Sang on Queens of the Stone Age, lullabies, to, lullabies to paralyze. Yeah, and so that went, you know, that rabbit hole just went down and across, and and yeah. then it came into you know, Stone Roses, and then yeah. other stuff, and yeah, and yeah, music's awesome. Yeah, it is, it is, and also, uh, you know, the listen. I mean, I I listen to the rock in the car, and mm-hmm. um, so that's. Uh, yeah, pretty standard sort of whatever, whatever they're playing and whatever's on the. But also, my son will come up to me. Oh, what do you think of this? <laughs> have a look at you know. What yeah. do you listen to? What, what is that? <laughs> yeah, I I have seen some stuff that you've you've put in this like. Oh, what is? What's he listening to? <laughs> what is? What is that? Yeah. Um, but yeah, love love music. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I don't think those long rides. <laughs> the long rides will be um yeah, I'm trying to get an indoor trainer at the moment, one of those with direct screen. direct drive with a screen and yeah. so we'll see how that goes. See how it goes. Um but that'll be music and maybe a couple of documentaries and on to, on you know, watch something on <laughs> what is it? Uh John John Wick fight things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, or what Sea Spiracy or whatever. Oh, that, yeah, oh. yeah. That's that's the next one. <laughs> yeah, you know, like true crime, yeah. true crime stuff, or you know, or go through the all the CrossFit stuff. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll get you motivated. Well, that's yeah. a different vibe, isn't it? <laughs> but still, yeah, no, well, I think it's um, all that stuff like Rich Froning and mm. and those and those guys yeah. watching them go. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so you you gonna gonna need to call on this a lot. Over the next year, what what keeps you in flow and what keeps things working? Yeah, <laughs> what you, yeah. What but you? that's but that's you know being true to you know true to myself. Yeah, 
intruded that what the lucky I'm surrounded by like my Adam he'll keep me keep me honest yeah. Amelia will keep me honest you know my she's great for I've got the training plan I just mm. need to sort of blow it up and you know really go right you know get it there and like <laughs> so it's like today is you know yeah. today's a five hour ride see you later <laughs> you know but that's it that's what um, you know Adam was talking to one of his mates and he's saying it's not about distance yeah it's about time time it's about time on your feet and mm. or time on the bike and um there's a lot of swimming in my future <laughs> yeah, a, a lot black line fever is real so true to yourself and adam <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm trying to I've, I've seen these um the headphones for that, swimming the they've got a there's a bone conductor yeah um so i'm thinking about because you can, and you, there's waterproof one. You can. Yeah. That'd be good to. Yeah, Doctor. Uh, what's her name? Hannah Wells. Yeah. Yeah. She 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 had a post the other day. My earplugs ran out. <laughs> I think she actually got to the point they went in charge. Not yeah, me. she swims with this. Um, these yeah, goggles, goggles form them. swim. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. I think her PhD's in like physiology or something. Is yeah, she, I think it's she's a. Um, um, like a yeah, some science. Um, but yeah, she's an absolute. She's a machine. Yeah, she's just. Uh, it's cool. Yeah, I love some machines. Eh? Like, yeah, that's amazing. And Teresa Adam as well. Teresa who? Teresa Adams. She won New Zealand Ironman last year. Cool. She didn't compete this year because <clears throat> I think she's ranked number two in the world or number one in the world. Oh, like she's. Up there. Yeah, she's a. Um, I think she races for a German peerwag racing. I think it is. It's a. Um, what well, of of like Ironman racing? Yeah, yeah. She um, they've got a team and that's a thing. But she's um, she's a cycling beast. Mm-hmm. She's like she'll 180k in four hours something. You know she's. Mm. Um, but she was injured, and her partner is he was. He's a mad cyclist, like he's he's up there as well in the in New Zealand cycling, mm-hmm. sort of the time trial road cycling thing. Um, but you think like New Zealand, just you know, down another one like Kiwi New Zealand women, mm. you know, where there's in the top um, eight in the world, mm. three of them are Kiwis, in the top eight in men, three of them are Kiwis. Wow! So you got um, what do you think women. Amelia Rose Watkinson, um, Rebecca Clark, um, Hannah Wells, Theresa Adams. Um, I think that's all I can remember. Remember, but then you got guys, you know, Cameron Brown, Ben Phillips, Mike Phillips, Braden Curry, Simon. Well, Simon Cochran. Mm-hmm. You know, um, is Terenzo still? Racing? Yeah, I, don't, I haven't seen. I haven't seen much. I hope he hasn't given it away because yeah. he's a. A beast. He's been a beast for a long time. He's a, he's a, he's awesome. <clears throat> yeah, I like I I like his in, my, yeah, his Instagram is very quiet. Mm. Um, and I'd love to see him, you know, do get on the start line mm. again. Um, but it must be hard. I mean, as a professional athlete, mm. or, you know, not having no races to yeah. to go to and just train, <laughs> it'll probably just wreck you unless you unless you're Cameron Brown and then you go for 
you know, you ride from Wangamatana to Taupo for just for shits and giggles. Do it. You know. Do it. I'm not going to. Yeah. I can tell you right now. That is <laughs> that's not in my future. You're not doing a Christmas Eve three hundred K ride? No, 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 no. Maybe a you know, just a casual fifty K run or something. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Well, that's because that's who um, Simon runs with, uh, Carl Reed. All oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, some of his. Yeah, like I'm from what I've seen with Simon, I want I want to go and run the Waikato River trails. Yeah. Yeah. Like to do. Go do the Hakramata Traverse. He kind of did that the other day. Um, he went. He went up the main steps, um, to the towards Raglan down down that track so that's that's a pretty much an up and down and then around back to the start again and that was 13 k's but the hakamata traverse is going from the huntley side up all the way um along past the main steps down to this other road and then back again and it's full of mahoe and so you'll get really sore abductors doing that because <laughs> you're on this wobbly track the whole time yeah hopping hopping over roots it's um Oh. Yeah, I did that on Boxing Day. It was nice. Yeah, I I had aspirations of going hunting after that, and I yeah. got to the bottom, rang my mate who lived who was in Ngati, and I was like, "You at home, man? <laughs> I'm coming to stay the night." Yeah. <laughs> you know what I do want to see? I want to go and see that um that hut the the the, the A frame. Yeah, in the middle of <laughs> it's cool. You know, yeah, that's uh, it's only yeah, there there there'd be so was it? It's only like four Ks. Yeah, so there'd be an 8k return reasonably hilly, a couple of hundred meters of, of hill. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of hours. Yeah. Well, walking's easy. easy. Yeah. Our, our each way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, running. Yeah. So, yeah. I guess you could run there and back in an hour. Easy. Like, yeah. relaxed. You'd hope so. Yeah. Not like the machine. When we're coming down the Taros, uh, Cone Hut is over a reasonably big hill. And here, this dude, we were probably halfway down t- towards the finish and he was running up and then he met us back at the car park and we're like where'd you go to he's like oh to the hut and back we were just like holy shit <laughs> this is after we'd had the discussion that ultra runners don't run up hills and i was like oh i think some of them do and then yeah this dude came up and confirmed that yeah these dudes that freaking run up hills <laughs> yeah 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 that's a, what i was supposed to be doing this year was running the um triple peaks yeah yeah and i was like nah no. no, no, not gonna work. Cool, not gonna work. But it's that's my mate Nick is he's run the full triple all, all three peaks. Shit, you guys must be a fun party, Nick. Hey, <laughs> hey, what's up, Nick? <laughs> yeah, my mate Adam said, Oh, you know, do you want to uh, should I change my name to Nick just so I'm part of the <laughs> part of the crew because that's uh, one of the so six degrees of separation. Um, my wife's mate bestie uh her husband who passed away yeah so his brother yeah. is nick and nick and he's given me the training plan for the <laughs> iron man he's done it a couple of, he's done it six six times um trust in nick you know he's he's what 55 mm. i think and he went sub 12 hours me sub you know i think the year before he went sub 11 um, it's all possible yeah 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 sweet Nick we should go to sleep yeah <laughs> awesome cheers done oh, out of the void